And welcome back to ScavTech, everyone. In today's impromptu middle of the week ScavTech podcast, we're going to be discussing, catching you all up on the recent events in Tarkov land, also the Chronicles of Rigi, latest episode released, and just sort of our miscellaneous happenings and what's been going on. So, yeah, on that topic, <laughs> what do you yes, have to do? It's a bit of a random one because I was away all of last week. That's why we didn't record on Friday because I was not here. And basically, like, I was here Friday night, like just in case something crazy had happened. But like, hadn't played all week, and nothing really happened. I think like literally as Scavtalk would normally have begun, yeah. an event started, and like I, I posted just like, yeah, you know, we're gonna do it a few days later. Da, da, da. And someone was just like, but what about the news on this? I was like, dude, like the the news for that dropped like literally five minutes before the cast. Like you gotta get it, gotta gotta let it cook. You know, you can't just like, we just like hop on for five minutes and be like, an event started, right? See you, bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just, I just thought it was just funny. So anyway, so like, yeah, because me and Church have both kind of had like offsetting schedules a little bit. So last week I'm busy and then this sort of like coming weekend, like you're busy, right? So we've ended up doing this like leapfrogging thing of doing two episodes over three weeks. Rather than the Friday, we've gone to the Wednesday and then we'll do like next Friday again. So we'll... You know, we've got like a slightly longer gap, but it kind of works out and there's not a huge amount of stuff happening right now. So that's kind of OK. And it works with like our, our schedules, too. But yeah, no, I've been, been away on holes. It's, it's all right. Been catching up the last two days. We had a nice time out on the, the Welsh coast, which is fantastic with little ones going to take them to the beach for the first time and all that kind of stuff, which is good. Oh, sweet. A lot of driving. So I had a wedding at the weekend as well. So like I drove, I mean, it, for the guys in the States, it doesn't feel like a lot, but like three hours in the UK is a big deal because the country's just not that big. So I drove yeah. like three hours Saturday, three hours back, then three hours on Monday morning down to where we were going. And then we were like driving all over the place. I was just like, I'm kind of fed up with driving now. But uh, it was it was good fun. It was good fun. And today, on a completely different note, I have an exciting purchase. As a British person, I have my very first portable air conditioning unit arriving. Oh, cool. Because last summer it was unbearable, especially for the little ones, trying to get them to go to sleep when it was... Like well, as soon as it went over thirty, it was really bad because obviously our houses are like on air conditioned, right? And so they're designed for you know three degrees in the winter. Um, when it gets over thirty, it's just like so, and it just never cools down. Mm. I think that's the issue. You can survive for like two or three days, and the temperature inside just goes up and up and up, and eventually the whole house is just hot. So it gets you know it gets up to twenty seven, twenty eight degrees in the day, and then it just goes like it drops one degree overnight, and then just stays there for the next day, and it's just everyone's sweaty and it's awful. But I realized I can use it in here as well, in my stream room, because last yeah. year when it, when we had the proper heat wave, <laughs> my computer was freaking dying, dude. And I was just like drenched with sweat because like I have the door closed as well to like keep the noise out mm -hmm. and stuff. But I'm like, I have one like tiny window, but like there's no airflow or anything. So and the PC's there like, right, like fanning it adds out to it. It's just like so bad, right? So bad. Yeah. So that's actually going to be great. I can like drag it down to do the stream and then drag it upstairs to the rooms like this is going to be perfect i think things may only get worse as time goes on with on that front so we'll see it's just been yeah it's been hot recently so that's great so tarkov land um what has happened oh yes yeah, so i guess like in the terms of the ordering of stuff i presume you saw the the chronicles of rigi I, I saw it actually and then forgot to watch it for ages and then ended up like watching it on monday i think um, which is this one is which one is it season two episode three yeah which is kind of cool if anyone hasn't gone and watched it yet then should go and watch it because the chronicles of Rigi are, are pretty fun they're sort of like 
they're a bit like the raid series right but shorter um and well, i think the production value is still pretty decent i don't know why but for this one i felt really like disengaged um that could just oh, really? be because i haven't been playing tarkov mm. for a while but i was kind of just like I didn't really know who the character... Like, the only character I really knew was Rishi. <laughs> that was it. Like, I'm pretty sure that was Rishi, but I did. I basically had no idea what was going on. All I remember was they were cutting potatoes, and there was a breakout, and then they met someone. Oh, God, I'm spoiling. Spoilers! Spoilers! Spoilers. Spoilers, PS. Go, go, go watch it if you don't want it, if you don't want it spoiled. But, um, yeah, I mean, mainly... I don't really think that the... Riggy stuff mattered too much. Basically, they were they were trying to do a breakout because right? like Riggy's trapped in the arena with the other dudes from the arena thing, mm-hmm. um, and he's with that guy who I think he's like a is he like former PMC or he's like traitor or something? Uh, I'm not sure. The nice no guy idea. calls him Merc. The guy with the beard he call, he calls him Merc. I don't know whether he's like quoted as that being his name anywhere or anything. Mm-hmm. Like I, for me, just watching that one, I was like, I don't actually know this dude's name. Um, but yeah, nice yeah. guy. He's calling him Merc. So like, was, okay, we'll was he that, somewhere prior? The guy with the beard, or is he a new character? He, it seemed. I think he might have been in one of the other ones. I didn't watch the others for a little bit, so I can't really remember. Um, but I think he was in one of the previous ones from the arena vids with with Rigi, I believe. But I think his backstory is that he's like, you know, PMC got trapped, something like that. But he ended up getting fought and gone to the arena. Maybe fought fought in the arena is like. Yeah, like mercy or something. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, but um, either which way, they're they're trying to escape, right? And uh, the the long and the short of it is they 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 escape and they get chased by the these these dudes from the arena who are like I guess the enforcers or whatever who have, have been, called, been called the bloodhounds, mm-hmm. um, which then leads into the event itself. Now I think like some of the the more interesting lore stuff is about the other scenes because it kind of cuts between yeah Rigi and the grouping of the bosses who are having some kind of party. And I think that section with the bosses is more interesting from a few different angles. Um, so because it's like, yeah, there's a couple of guys that you can recognize. Like you can easily recognize Sanitar. Yeah. And Ragman <laughs> just like sat around the table. And they, there's some of the guys that are actually named there. And then go, oh, yeah, Glue has there as well, I think. Right. And well, then see, there's, was there a new character or was like, cause the, there was like one character that looked like he was wearing a lot of like, heavy armor like yes. almost like a bomb suit and so i could like yeah he's like a police guy i don't think we've seen him before okay because um, i wasn't sure if that was glue horror or no. i was like kind of confused no because we used to glue Hard does actually kind of look like glue Hard, but um because we've seen him in the previous one no he's a different guy so he there's the policeman who sat down he's like cutting the apple with the knife thing mm-hmm. and then he's waiting for someone else to turn up um who comes in through the door who's the other big guy wearing like the the rig um oh yeah yeah okay. and they kind of like greet each other now he yeah, he says that he's like they, they they greet each other as like brother which i i was like well, you know that could just be you know hey bro <laughs> right. you know it's like not then i was like, like oh is this to gila and killer like i was really confused <laughs> once he said brother <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I'm not sure if that's necessarily actually brother, but I think they does mention it a couple of times when I kind of watched it back and watched Nice Guys one. Is like they do say a few times that those two guys probably are actually brothers as opposed okay. to just like being friends. And um, I think the deal is they were so they were waiting, and we're not. I don't think we're 100 sure about the police guy exactly who he is. 
Um, but the dude who comes in through the door is referred to as, you know, we're waiting for Caban. Um, so he's actually named specifically um, being, being uh, Caban. And Caban is, it's interesting. He's mentioned, um, so what's he say? In the subtitles on the thing, because this is why I had to write these notes down, because it's a bit like, yeah, there's a few little pieces to it. In the subtitles, you read that uh, they say like, oh, you know, where have you been? Like, what took you so long or whatever? Um, when he got gets asked by the cop guy and he's like, oh, you know, I, yeah, remove the batteries, change the spark plugs again, that kind of thing. So maybe that means he's the car dealership boss. Um, oh, and okay. Nice guy was like, okay, he's got like the big pouches, which is for the, like the drum mags kind of thing. So he may be like the PKM car dealership boss on that point. And then interestingly, um, there's another quest. I was like, I, just, I was looking through some of the comments just to see what people had said. And because people like pick up on like random things. And there's a peak of a quest called Road Closed. If you finish Sparta or Part 7, there's another quest on the streets called Road Closed. And um, so if you're using PMC, you can, you can do that one. And it's where you have to like go to the, there's, you have to go to the crashed convoy outside the car dealership. And when you finish that, Peacekeeper says, the cargo is in place, that's reassuring. If the attack was from the car dealership, then it wasn't the bears. So it's Caban again. Thank you for your work. And so I'm pretty mm. sure that the big guy with the rig on is the car dealership boss. Like, I'm pr- pretty sure, because he's just, like, named in a few places and specifically named in the, the series. Um, the, the police guy, though, it's not 100% certain who he is. I think he is probably the, the person named Colantai, who is discussed between Rigi and this Merc dude. Um, and they say, he's you know, it's Colantai. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And Richie's yeah. like, oh, I don't know who he is. And Merck says, yeah, no, he's a cop or something. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's him. Like, Colantai isn't mentioned, like, like, his name isn't spoken, I don't think, in the group, in the meeting, in the group meeting. So it's like, it's coincidental, sort of incidental evidence as opposed to like mm-hmm. it being like cut and dried. I think it's cut and dried that Caban's the dealership boss and that's his name. Whereas I just think Colantai probably is the other one because it says, you know, one of Tarkov's big shots or whatever, right? And he's like at the big shot meeting. So. It, that probably is him. So he's some kind of like police person. Um, there's another guy as well at the table who I don't know who he is. He's got the he's got a beanie hat on, and he's like kind of at the end. And he's the one who one of the I guess underlings of some kind comes in and speaks to him and says, you know, there's a problem, um, which is Rigi's prison break or whatever with the other guy. And what's interesting about that then is that whoever he is. He is the person who's running Arena because he's kind of in control of the Bloodhounds, right? Because they're like updating him on something that's happened on the breakout of Arena. But I don't, I don't actually know who he is. Like at first glance, I thought maybe he was Lightkeeper, but I'm not really sure. Like it's not obvious who that guy is. Um, it could be somebody completely different. I mean, also the people, as as you said, like the people don't look like they make the the best of it that they can. But they don't necessarily look like one to one, so maybe that the artwork of Lightkeeper maybe doesn't look exactly like the guy, or it could be like Richie's dad or somebody. I don't think I don't think it's the same person, but it's like it's a bit it's a bit random. I'm not sure who he is. I was trying to think, um, but I don't think anybody's come up with anything. Not that I saw anyway. Um, anyone's come up with any particularly strong theories as to who that is? So like maybe it's another streets boss. I think there was going to be three, right? So could be one of the other bosses. Could be just somebody else. Could be some representative of Fence. Like who knows? I've, I've no idea. I really don't know. Um, is there anything else? Um, oh yeah, I guess the only other piece of kind of like law, like background lore or whatever to do with that um, the episode was 
um, that it does appear that between the conversation with Rigi and, and the guy that like Ragman is dating that blue haired doctor who we know is therapist's friend. So there's oh. some kind of linkage there. Um, and then yes, spoiler alert again, I guess like at the end they do, they actually finally meet up with Jaeger. So Rigi's now kind of in the hands of like the friendly traders. Cause I think Jaeger's probably one of the most like, you know, on the D and D grid, <laughs> he's like, you know, the lawful good or whatever. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, he's got like, there seems to have the least shady kind of interlinks between right. different traders because like both him and therapist sort of actually vie for your attention within the quest system because of uh, killing Salatar. like therapist doesn't want you to do it and Jaeger does want you to do it and Salatar's like quite clearly an evil dude with terror group connections and stuff so i think like Jaeger's pretty firmly on the, the side of, of of good if you could even call it that you know whatever that counts for in in the tarkov land like non-terror group affiliation at least mm-hmm. um fighting kind of for the land and for the people or whatever um so it'll be interesting to see how that goes because, yeah, Vigi's not really been within that realm until now. And they did a good job, actually, with Jaeger. I thought it looked really cool a bit at the end of the yeah. show. Him sat by the fire. It like, looked exactly like the artwork. Yeah. I was like, ah, that, that's sick. That's actually The doggo sick. and everything as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was cool. So I quite liked that. I enjoyed the, that little piece of lore there. Um, I enjoyed the action from the Vigi bit, but I think that the lore from the bosses section was good. And there was some, there was some comment about... The, like the losers being missing from the party or something. Cause Ragman is not Ragman. Sorry. Um, Shala is there. Gluha, these two guys and, um, and Sanitar. So the dudes that are missing is basically like killer to killer. Cause they're nuts. Like you probably don't want them at the party. They'll just get drunk and shoot everybody. Or, um, and, and also Sturman. Interestingly enough. And the goons, yeah, but they're kind of a completely true. different affiliation. We haven't really seen they? any Sturman action. No. Which sort of makes sense, I guess. He's like, you know, loner in the woods. Imagine Jaeger by day, Sturman by night. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a cool twist. That would be cool, actually. But, uh, yeah, so I, d- I don't know what that means, really. We know that the, the Killer Tagilla, you know, brothers, they do fight in the arena because we saw them shooting mm-hmm. up everybody. They get, like, let loose, whatever. But they're, they're both nuts, so... They're kind of like the wild dogs of, I don't know what, what I mean, it's like, you know, like Game of Thrones, or whatever. They're like, you know, Gregor Clegane and, and, and those kind of lot. They're sort of the, the fighters, but they're not, they're not really politicians or like mm-hmm. string pullers. They're just bloodthirsty kind of killers, they're um, the which is, which is useful, but chaotic evil <laughs> or whatever exactly. it would be on the, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So maybe there's something to that as well. Are there any other bosses that I'm missing out from there? Like Gluhar, Sanitar, Vashala, these two new dudes, then Sturm and Killen together not there. I think I think that's everybody, isn't it? I think so. I think that's I think that's right. I'm just like running through the maps in my head. I mean <laughs> do we count uh the uh, the lighthouse trader? I don't even know if he's got a name. What yeah, we what um you mean the the trader or the sniper? You mean the trader? Yeah. Well, I like I'm, well, I'm sorry. I should have meant I meant the sniper. Yeah. But yeah, Zorachi. I guess he's like pinned to like you, but I do, I do wonder if the Beanie guy is supposed to be like you. But I'm not, I'm just I'm not sure. That's feel that was the, my gut instinct, and then I started questioning it afterwards. Um, rather because otherwise we don't know who he is, and it doesn't really give you much a hint other than like he's the arena man. Mm-hmm. Not really sure. Um. Yeah, was there anything else from the actual episode that you spotted? 
or anything no. like that. I mean, I, I I like watched it and then I watched Nice Guys video and then I read a bunch of people's like comments and stuff, just like trying to gather as much mm-hmm. info from like what people had seen. That was everything that I took out of it for the time being. Um, but it's not the final one because I think they usually say to be continued, you know, next season, da da da. So this, we should be having another one at least, yeah. another episode, which would be cool because we will be able to hopefully get to see like the Jaeger interaction, what he has to say to to Vigi once he's now in the the traders that we know. Um, and we'll have to see how that finishes up. So the the spillover then into the game. I actually liked the way that this worked. This was actually quite good, and because literally nobody really spoke about that interaction probably means that vsg have done a good job right <laughs> um the yeah. bloodhounds event leads directly from this they're on the hunt looking for Vigi, and you get a quest from jaeger very very sensible because he's the one who's <laughs> kind of taken them in yeah uh, and you i can't remember exactly what it says even maybe i'll i'll try and go and bring it up because it is still in the game at the moment but basically these these bloodhounds started spawning on customs on shoreline and on woods all uh, 100% spawn rate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't playing when this event was active. And yeah, on Monday, I was like busy doing Lightkeeper stuff. So I didn't actually go and fight them specifically. But they were on all those three maps. And there was a quest that appeared, um, which basically you had to kill 30 Bloodhounds. Now, what it didn't make obvious when you were first playing, there was, there was okay, so there was two parts to this. There was a bug to start with. So when you failed the quest, when you died, the, the quest was disappearing completely. And I think you had to like reset your that. client or something, which is like really annoying. But that was a bug and they ended up fixing that. Oh, okay. Because what was supposed to happen is when you died, your progress was going to reset. So you had to kill all the 30 bloodhounds without dying. So you could do it on many, as many raids as you like, but you have to do it without dying to get all 30. So it, to actually complete that quest was really the, the realm of you know the top 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 players right like to go in mm-hmm. and kill 30 of them is hard right i think they only spawn in groups of five or something so you basically had to play six raids minimum be there first kill them all and not die to anyone else right in a pvp event um and there's like you know there's a handful of people who did it um that all the guys that you would imagine um i don't think anybody else was able to but uh if you did then you managed to unlock 762 by 39 bp from level one skier, I think. A little bit like the last quest um, reward that it was, you know, PvP from level one skiers. You got access to an ammo that normally is craft only. And then, yeah, it's, uh, this time it's 762 BP. And I can't remember how much you got. Maybe it was maybe it was like 100 or something. I'm not sure exactly how much you could buy per reset. But given it's for a handful of the player base, it didn't really matter. It's not going to, like, break the game or anything. But it's, it's interesting to give these timed quests... Um, such a good reward in some ways it's kind of kind of interesting for those guys who actually want to do it and it's like a, a really really powerful reward for a really really difficult quest like hardly anyone, yeah. anyone will complete and like, i did see some people complaining like oh you know it's, it's just like it sucks because like basically no one can complete it da, da, da. like i think it really matters like whether you complete the quest or not like the fun is like going to fight them like it's a new ai they're kind of halfway between scavs and and raiders it's um something a little bit different it drives pvp like i think that's more the point than my 762 BP for free, you know, like freely available. Yeah. I don't think that matters so much. I mean, the worst, you know, if it does buy you that much, don't worry. You probably only have a couple of weeks to put up with it before it all goes away. So I wouldn't sweat yeah. it too much. Like, it's not like uh, the Christmas gift of <laughs> patch. What was that? 13 zero? Was that 12? No, that was 12 12. I think it's 12 12. 
It might have even been earlier than that. I can't remember. Maybe it was, maybe it was twelve twelve itself. Yeah, um, I think it was. Yeah, the one that I reminded, I like remembered about it because I found <laughs> a random so clip. Just like, how was it? Like nine, How how much was it in the end? I can't remember. Is it nine hundred? I think I think it was in the nine hundred. Yeah, somewhere. Because yeah. I remember it might even it, been triple digits. Quadruple I think it was nine hundred because I remember reading it and thinking like, surely they've typed it in. It's like ninety BP rounds, but then no, it's like <laughs> surely you know, nine hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nothing like that, right? And yeah. it won't unbalance the economy, which means, again, it's not like a precursor to white per se. It's like we're on the stepping stones towards that path, but it's not like free BP for everybody because you only have to kill three yeah. of them and then unlock it. You know, it's like it's a different thing. And I, I think the difficulty warrants the reward. You know what I mean? Like it's extremely mm. difficult, but I think the reward's very valuable. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's worth doing. I think it's a cool about it. reward in some ways because it's kind of like it's rewarding the guys who can put in who have put in the time to get to that skill level, put in the time to actually just get the quest completed because like it's it's freaking hard, and then it's to reward you with something that you can get. It's not like it's not like it's something impossible, right? It's not like it suddenly allows you to buy Alton helmets from the traders or whatever it's like something that you can get but you're bypassing the time restrictions oh on right right doing yeah. the thing, you know? so saying. it's like i kind of don't mind and it's like yeah as you, it's towards the end of the wipes it doesn't really matter like most people are still using bp anyway you just have to craft and maybe stack or whatever to make it work it's just like it's, it's almost a quality of life thing at this point because you know if you can just get bp from the traders people will just beeline towards that quest and get it whereas if you open up a really hard quest like five months into the wipe mm-hmm. it wasn't available before Everyone has access to BP now because you can craft it in the workbench. And now they're saying, okay, now you're able to do this. It's like, it's almost like, yeah, they're like a, it's like the timed release of stuff. It's just, it's one instance of it, but it's like the timed release through the wipe that people have talked about previously, like unlock all level four traders, you know, four months in or, or something along those lines. It's like, it's literally like the tiniest segment of that, but it shows how the idea could work because people are already at that level. And now it's, now it's a quality of life thing as opposed to like a progression jump skip kind of thing. You know, people are already able to get BP in other fashions. It just makes it a bit easier to get it for those people who, who grind and, and make it work. One big downside is that it does seem like, um, whether it's because there's lots of high-profile people playing or some people getting targeted, I'm not sure, but it does seem like the cheating issues raised its head quite badly on this event from what I've seen anecdotally. Now, as I said, I, I didn't lay it particularly myself, and whether I'd be able to tell or not, as usual, I find it very hard to know whether I'm getting cheated on or not generally, so it's, it's tough. But I did see reports of like Landmark getting to very, very, very close and then getting like stream snipe hacked on to like prevent him from doing it, which is like it's a particular issue for streamers, right? If you're Yeah, especially for him. If you're sign yeah, you're the you're the biggest guy on Twitch in the category and you're signposting your progression on an extremely difficult task and right. you get quite close to the end. Right. Like it just takes one person to want to troll you. Yeah. to come and reset all of that and to, to snipe into your game or whatever and just like, you know, get lucky, end up in your game and blah, blah, blah. Which is like super unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so that does suck, but I don't think we should let that take away from the event and the fact that it was good. And um, and actually one other thing about it that I think is is awesome is that they have actually left the quest. So you can go and complete it now. They haven't yeah. just shut the event off and said Which it's done and that's good. it. Yeah, so they've now said, right, it's at the, they're not spawning every raid, they're spawning at a 30% rate, these Bloodhounds, rather than 100%, and you can still go on and complete the quest, 
And now when you die, it doesn't reset. So you don't have to kill all 30 in one go now. Now that the event is over. Oh, really? Then, yeah. So now you can complete it over time. Oh, that's surprising. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's... <laughs> if the wipe does last quite some time, I might have a different opinion. But... Maybe. We'll have to see. But I still think it will take people a while because you have to kill 30, but they just don't... They only spawn every, you know, every third raid or something. Like, maybe you could clean through it much more quickly now. Probably, because obviously... Is it only it on, on customs raids. respawning now? I, I forget think how that works. spawning where they were. So, customs, shoreline, and woods. I wasn't 100% of all the areas, so logical um i like because i wasn't in the full flow while the event was happening because i was like away. oh it is the same locations but i think it's the same locations like yeah. where they were on customs and still are presumably is new gas station the factory area which is around like the power switch in warehouse 14 and then fortress shoreline it seems to be the uh power like the power plant bit gas station the weather station, and then I'm not sure on the other ones. I think it was maybe like maybe the bus station and, and in the village or something. But it, battle states like areas that were data mined by logical solutions are mm -hmm. very cryptic and not very helpful. Like on customs, one of the locations is yeah. called Crossroads, right? Crossroads is an actual extract on the publicly facing Tarkov. But what they mean by Crossroads is the factory bit, like the courtyard, apparently. So like their internal metrics for like areas how they've subdivided mm -hmm. the map up like ne don't necessarily correspond to anything sensible it's like with um it's, it's yeah it's like with the ones on on shoreline or whatever like i've got the the list here and shoreline locations it says like zone start village gas station so gas station obvious forest gas station does that mean the bus station i mean maybe zone power station zone meteor station so those ones are obvious but like start village is like which village the the, the sunken village bit like or the bit with the tank, right. probably the part with the tank. But you have to kind of guess, right? And then it's yeah. like on woods, it's even less obvious. Like mini right. house, mini house on woods, like Clearville Road, <laughs> Brokenville, Scav Base 2. I don't know, man. Yeah. So it's probably, uh, I, I think one of them was the bunker extract bit, not where the goons used to spawn. I think Scav Bunker, I think that's one of them on woods. Woods I'm much less clear on because um, I didn't play and I didn't, I didn't ask anybody actually. But it's probably like down in the swamp village up on the scab bunker, and then like a couple of other places, I would imagine, but I'm not 100% certain. Um, but yeah, they're still there at 30% spawn rate, which is kind of kind of cool, and you can still complete them. This is actually very similar to the other quest, the one before, the one uh, called Hint, which was the one where you had to kill all the bosses, a bunch of cultists, a bunch of raiders, and then you got PvP. That one is also still active as well, so you can complete that quest too. It's just the bosses have gone back to their normal spawn rates, so it's much harder. But I like the fact they left it in. You know, it's giving some people yeah. things to do. If you're not like a turbo yeah. chad and like finish the event in like three hours, let someone like glorious or whatever, you just like burn through the event in one stream and just killed all the bosses and did all the stuff. It's um, giving some some people who take a bit longer, people like me, something to do at the end of the wipe that's like not Kappa, that's not Lightkeeper and all that kind of stuff. Um, how much, how much can you buy of the PBP ammo? Nine mil. I am not sure. I am not sure. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and open the game and, and see because I'm not even. I actually don't know if it tells you. I wonder if you could just like look the ammo up. And then uh, do you might be able to. That be, might be you a might good be workaround. Because you might be able to look the ammo up on the flea and it should be the only one. But although sometimes it says lock by quest and doesn't actually tell you if it's not like a level locked. I think it's, it shows up differently. But um, we could check. Oh, yeah. Or maybe on the wiki, actually. That's, that's a good idea. 
PVP Tarkov. Let's have a quick look. So, 9 mil PVP. It just says sold by Skier 1 after completing his task. It doesn't actually say how many. Mm, that's on the wiki. I'll open up the game and we can see. But either which way, I think it's cool. I think the event's been been cool. I mean, like, as I said, I didn't really get to play it, but it was it's like it's all right in, in you still can. I think you still can. You can <laughs> yeah. still go and do it. Like I went to go look for them yesterday and like played some customs, got into some just like fun fights. And as I said, I ended up running into it was super weird, man. Like we had this like weird like PvP encounter, got shot up by a bunch of guys, ended up disengaging. I was like really out of position and then playing against two people. One guy was high, one guy was low. I was like, oh my god, like I'm actually just like super outgunned, super out position. This just sucks. So I was just like sprinting away trying not to die as best as I could. Um and this was in like there was one dude up on the skeleton building in the construction area. I was kind of over more towards like the pocket watch truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were firing at me from that way. So I just like ran through the pocket watch truck truck area like back towards the bridge, jumped the wall and went all the way around and to see if I could see them. Because they were still like shooting at scouts and stuff, but like I never got another view on them. So I thought fine, we'll just extract. But I had to go back across to the factory area to go and extract out of that little bunker one, which is where I had headed. And I was like, we'll just loot some stashes and just you know, leave the map. Get all the way around to the scav checkpoint with the sniper dude. And then get like shot at with like really accurate fire. I was like, oh, is this is this these guys? Or is this I was like, this is like the wrong this is like the wrong place. Like they shouldn't mm-hmm. be here. And then it turns out it's like Rashala and his whole crew. And I killed three of them. Um, but because I was like, just like not in the right place, right? I was like pinned behind one of those metal containers, and I had one coming left, one coming right. Like killed one, killed another, <laughs> killed the next one. Tried, tried to get the one on the left. Another one came over the hill and like shot me in the back. I was like, damn! Um, like, what are the chances of meeting Resh over there? Like with his five dudes? I was like, this this is super super yeah, weird. weird. I think they must have been uh, yeah, they, they must have been pulled. like aggro pulled yeah. from gas station or something. It was like really odd i've never ever ever seen them there i was not expecting it too so i was like kind of surprised i didn't really know what, what was going on i thought maybe it was the bloodhounds but i wasn't sure yeah it was super weird so i, I ended up dying there which is a bit unfortunate okay i've got the got the got the game i'm gonna go and have a look at the while you're at the quest while we're here doing that let me read uh the bloodhounds quest going back to the the lore thing um this is what jaeger says i have serious work for you something very dangerous but i'll make it worth your while the owner of a well-known arena in the region let out his hounds looking for two fugitives from the cleanup crew. One of them is a former PMC, my old trusted friend. The other one is a scab, Rizzi. The kid's now the kid's name is famous now. They'll know a lot and are generally for the good cause. That is why they mustn't be captured. We must calm these arena men down, but be careful, they're more dangerous than regular bandits. Can you handle it? So it's interesting he says um the former pmc's is good trusted friend and yeah he also says they're generally for the good cause mm. team good guys yeah exactly <laughs> team good guys so skier sells pvp in 150 if you complete the quest you can see it That's on the flea good. market so 150 is pretty good given you can get it every Every reset. That's actually then, really nice. I think that quest's more valuable than the BP, honestly. Really? And then BP, you can get it in 180 from Jaeger. Yeah, but you, you can, the thing is, you can get... I guess you can get PPP crafting. You can get it. Yeah. How much, yeah. How much do you get, though? 
From the craft? I don't uh, know. I guess <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's more, I, guess, I think. I guess now I think about it. BP's probably the better one. I was still thinking the old days where you... You... Like, the craft was never worth doing. Like, it was just... Yeah, because you could expensive. just buy... You just buy the BP, so there's no point doing the craft back in the day. But yeah, well, it's 1,100 now. I mean, like, the old PvP craft was, like... Was oh, the old PvP like, one, yeah. It was just, like, super ridiculously overpriced. It was because... Because you, you had, had to, to do the APC 6.3 into the... You had to craft that, and then craft, yeah. That's what I was yeah. thinking. It was ridiculous, yeah. So PvP is purchasable after completing Hint for 700 rubles. Around. Mm. AP oh, is 1,100 rubles for completing whatever this one was called. I can't I'm, remember now. I mean, they're both pretty nice, honestly. Like, I mean... Mm -hmm. Yeah, blood. It was just called blood hands. Okay, so yeah, maybe that's worth doing. Like trying to do that. Like maybe mm -hmm. I will go ahead and do that. I don't know. That might be like the next thing I try and go to to do. Could be interesting. We will have to see how that goes. Um, yeah, I mean, just a few like with the cheating thing. Um, I would say like since they when it first came out, they. Basically, had a huge incentive for people to play three maps out of what are we at seven or eight now? Yeah, I don't know. So there's like, I feel like you you probably there's more likelihood you're gonna run into, and probably returning players as well. So I feel like you're mm. you know you're kind of more likely to see cheaters in that that sense. And um, with the spawn zones, I'm I've looked at them a little bit. Like with Tarkov SP, because um, like it's you basically can't really. Uh, with some mods, you can like technically add more spawns, but to the mm. pre-existing zones, so you can't really right. just like without modifying the map. You can't just add like a new zone. Is kind of my understanding. So I was curious if there was any new zones in here. I'm not familiar enough with all the uh, mm. definitions, but uh, like the only one I really remotely have looked at was like customs and even then it was like i don't recognize any of this yeah. this could have been here prior yeah but that was just an interesting thought if they add in more zones which I, it's based off what you said it sounded like they didn't you know there wasn't yeah, like any new spawns like it was like pre-existing stuff which i thought would have been kind of cool if they added like you know some random rock on shoreline <laughs> you know some random hill it's like a new spawn, and then that just like stays in the game, and then now scavs could spawn there because that'd be kind of cool. Mix things, yeah. Up, you know? I guess it's easier to just like add them to the existing like locations they've had specified yeah. previously for other yeah. things, either like boss spawns or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, um, probably why they spawn in those places. I imagine you would have to patch for if my if my understanding is correct, you have to patch that because you need an actual update of the local files to add the new zone. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh. So yeah, so you're saying that you can't just like mod yourself to spawn on top of gas station, you know? Uh, like, I don't oh, think spawn so location. Yeah, you <laughs> not just can't. Like, yeah, deep. yeah. Shame. It's a shame. Not with the yeah. I mean, you might, you might. I don't know. I really don't know. I haven't looked at some of that too deep because there is like Unity, uh, uh Unity plugin, um, that's for modding. That you can do a lot, you know, more advanced stuff. I don't know if you could do anything with that, but any hoots, any hoots. Uh, oh yeah. So, oh yeah. 
I just remembered. I've had I had a Tarkov dream. Okay. No so, way. Yeah. So basically, it was me and Nikita, right? And he had me tied. No, <laughs> no. So for I was I was funny enough. I was watching your stream and my dream mm-hmm. while also playing Tarkov, and I was in Big Red, and there was like crawling noises going on. And so, because you were, funny enough, you were playing with someone else. It was like, uh, it was as if you were like playing with a new player or something. But um, anyways, so I had to like turn off your stream so I could determine if the sound was, you know, my game or your game. And then all of a sudden, explosion starts going off, like insane loud volume explosion. So now I can't hear anything at all, right? But I'm like upstairs in the uh the big red building mm-hmm. um the office and then all of a sudden like bosses start rushing me and it was just like at one point it was one of them was like the one of the gl the big pipe but it was like distorted because it had like uh knight's mask on <laughs> but he had the gl and then there was like new bosses and one of them was like a chick with like uh, a blue hoodie and like tan or you know some type of like khakis but she was like jumping with like a pistol <laughs> that was like how, right. how i had to fight the boss and throughout this whole time explosions are still going off and uh like the last boss was like some weird tagilla you know scuffed version like it's just weird he ended up like sticking hitting his hammer inside a water barrel that got stuck and water came out of it was, it was you know it's a dream but um I can't remember. Oh, yeah, because then, you know, the explosion stopped and it was like the thing was over. Like, it was as if, like, that was an event. Like, ex- like the building was getting bombarded and Boshes were, like, rushing me to my location. And then I was like, okay, time to loot. And then another PMC walks in and <laughs> I'm like, no, please, please, dear God, please, please. And they're like, oh, fine, I won't kill you. And then I woke up and I realized, oh, that was definitely a dream because that would never happen in the dark. <laughs> Dude, but, that's uh, wild. Yeah, that was my weird Tarkov dream. Have you ever uh, had a Tarkov dream before when you were actually playing? I'm sure I have, but... That you remember? Yeah, that one That one I remember because it was like when I was waking up, like I was still like actively thinking about it, you know? Mm. And because then it kind of made me think, I was like, well, what if that was like an actual event? Like, because there's kind of like two things like one, you know, like, you know, in the cycle frontier, how it storms. And then that's mm. how they like, I was like, well, what if they did something similar? Like instead, like artillery, like a siren goes off and it's like artillery strikes. So it force everyone inside and then they can like respawn stuff when the strikes are going on, you know, kind of have like a that cycle frontier thing where. You know, the server stays open for like eight hours and that's how they respawn loot and respawn stuff. But um and I just thought it'd be really cool to have like a boss rush thing. And, and like the other thing I was wondering is like what if you uh because I think in my dream I was wondering, you know, amidst the explosions before the boss rush started happening, I was wondering if someone called in an airstrike to me. Because the, there's a mod where you have you can like call in a or you use some laser detonator and call in an airstrike. So I think that was like mm-hmm. kind of playing into uh, it. Yeah. But you know, then it transmorphed into the weird bot boss rushing 
event where you couldn't hear anything and bosses were just rushing you trying to kill you. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. That's, yeah. that's really nuts. It's funny though, you say um you know, player, you say, Oh no, don't kill me and they said, Oh fine, I won't, whatever. Like I actually had my <laughs> like I had like a a really amazing interaction. Mm-hmm. I think you were probably yeah, you probably saw some of it because I was playing I think so. Monday and Tuesday trying to complete this lightkeeper thing. Um it seems like a good point to tell this story. So I've been stuck like before I went away, I got stuck and I thought I completed previously, honestly, but then it just I just didn't because my RNG is like atrocious in this game. But the very final quest that you have to complete before meeting the lightkeeper is called getting acquainted. And what you have to do is you have to go and find at some point you have to go and find the transmitter body thing, and you go and test it, and it doesn't work, and you hand it back to the lightkeeper and he says, oh, I'm not lightkeeper, sorry, mechanic. And he says, oh, okay, it didn't work because it's not encoded with this thing. You need to go and find the data to do the encoding, and then you're going to flash it yourself inside the hideout. It's like, all right. So then you go and you have to go and find the flash drive version 3, <clears throat> which is a quest item. So it goes in your quest slot. It's not a real item. It only appears for you, much like the golden pocket watch and those other items. And it spawns in one of 20 different locations, all in the water treatment plants. There's like, yeah, four of them in building one, four into building two, four in building three, something along those lines. And then the other 12 are like out at like random points in the middle of the water stream facility, right? Yeah. So this makes this quest quite annoying. Like it, it appears an, on a random, in a random place. So you can, in theory, do something like you can rush across the... If you get the right spawn, you can like rush across the bridge. You can jump in through the like window room on warehouse three, like the one on the most east side. You can check like the three spots inside and then leave. You know, and you can do that like 20 times or whatever and hope yeah. that you get it and that it spawns in one of the three. I went the other way and tried to do as many as I could because I also kind of wanted to learn the rogue camp again a bit because I used to know how to do it, but using the rocks up on the east, but since they added all the claymores in this patch, I never relearned it. And so I was like, oh, God, I'll actually like, figure out how to do this. And it's been, eh, it's one of those things, you know, you go and try and learn it. I, I find like learning the rogues probably one of the least engaging things in this game. I don't really like just learning the route and like doing the pattern i feel like i'm playing like offline like yeah a terrible version of offline metal gear solid or something but with other players there who aren't playing the same game as me who are just shooting at me as well it's just like i just i don't like it very much so yeah anyway we did, we did it and and as per chat's like recommendation we ended up doing it a lot at night because it is a lot easier other players can't see you much and it's um the rogues have like much 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 decreased like view ranges and stuff so you just get shot a lot less I ended up agreeing with everybody, but begrudgingly playing at night because I don't really like playing at night because it makes it very hard to do the sniping. And it's just like, yeah. I just I don't like looking at just green or even if you feather it, I just don't like looking at all one color. Just, you know, if I had to choose between playing Tarkov looking like 8-bit, like Pokemon on a Game Boy screen or <laughs> the way it normally does, I'd pick the way it normally does, right? So like night, it's just, it degrades my experience of the game. It's just a yeah. personal thing. <clears throat> so anyway, go and do this thing. I got like, I got incredibly unlucky. We did... Two, two runs where we searched half of the spots um, before I went away. It just wasn't in there. It was in one of the other ones for whatever reason. So after coming back, it was kind of funny. I was just like, fine. Well, we started off and we tried to get a snipe from the really big, like the stupid rock or the pride rock or whatever one you call it, to try and kill one of the gunners at the front from there. And it is doable, even though it's a bit tricky with the NVs on. I got shot by a guy with a VPO with APM while I was up there in the first raid, I was like, huh, okay, interesting. Well, I guess I shouldn't go. I thought I'd be safe up there, but I was like, fine, I won't go up there again. 
Flash forward to another raid. We've managed to get in over the bridge. I think we killed one, like both of the guys at the front. We're like running along the very front of the water treatment facility. It's just like trying to get a way in and figure out whether the guy on building one is dead yet. Get voiped by a PMC who's just over the other side of the wall. And he's just like, hey man, I'm kill just killing rogues. Uh, just for like, you know, just for loot and XP, whatever. Just like, have, you know, I'm just having fun. I'm just like, well, I have no interest in actually killing them. You can take all the loot if you want. Like, let's team up. I'm trying to find my drive. Like, it's good, you know, if you know the rogue camp super well, maybe it'll be really useful if you can uh, help me go through. So we team up. We like clear building one, which is the westmost building. We clear that together. He like goes through and like kills um, some of the guys, and then um, it gets into get into. We managed to get across. He like. You know, takes the lead because he doesn't really care as much. He's like, I'll, I'll protect you. I'll just like go through first. And if I get shot at, then like, you'll know not to go that way. So we go to building two, the northernmost one. Um, we clear part of that. I kill the guy on the outside. He tries to kill some of the, the other guys, but then he gets killed in the in one of the stairwell like doorways mm. on the exit towards the building, um, building number three on the east side by another guy. And I was just like, oh. I was like, is this him? He's like a random PMC just like dead on the floor. Um, and I was like, this looks like him, but I'm not sure. Like, call that, like, dude, did, are you still alive or anything? It's like, no, he's dead. But, like, now I've got his dog tags. So, like, I know who he is. And when I pick up the dog tag, chat was just like, that's the VPO man that killed you on the, on the Pride Rock. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, that's super random. Anyway, so, like, I go through, try to, like, find the last one. But there was, I, I just basically ran out of time. I had, like, a few, I had, like, five minutes left or something. And I couldn't go and get the last few two spots. We've checked 18 out of the 20 did not find it in those 18 it was in one of the final two but like i couldn't get it i couldn't get to the final two spots in time and, and leave so it was pointless like run up to the car exit just to quickly check it's not there run all the way to northern extract because of where i started i didn't have northern extract but i didn't check so i ended up going mia and having to throw my stuff on the floor so <sighs> it was actually a good job that we didn't find the flash drive on that one yeah I, that, that would actually be like more. <laughs> that would have killed me but it was in one of those two final spots so it was kind of like bad rng plus like maybe lucky because i would have died anyway flash forward to yesterday right mm -hmm. playing some more like go, try and get in like die a couple of times like check a few spots like i did one where i think we checked half of them like didn't find it it's just like oh, man this is so rough like just trying to get in and it's like getting killed by players and stuff like that this is so hard and i get to you know halfway through the stream play play another raid go run over the bridge try and kill some of the rogues but like they don't seem to be there i run along the front of the water facility and then um, I like throw a grenade at one row because he got actually got knocked off. The guy who's normally on the MG right at the front, he actually got he ran down. I didn't realize he was there, but he shot at me. So I throw a grenade at him, um, and he's like shouting. And then I hear a PMC voip. He's like, "Hey man," I'm just like, "I'm like, hey dude." I'm like, "You aren't the guy I was playing with yesterday, right? Surely not." He's like, "Dude, is that you? Are you the guy from <laughs> yesterday?" I was like, "Yeah, you're VPO guy, right? You died." He's like, "Yeah, man, it's me." Really, he's like, "Dude, we're in the same spot where we met in the first place. Like, what are the chances of that?" I'm like, man, I'm still trying to find my, my flash drive. He's like, have you killed that rogue? I was like, I don't think so. So he went around and, and killed him with the VPO. And then we were just like talking a bit about how we were going to go through and, and clear it. Man dies right in front of my very eyes. <laughs> I was like, no, this is so bad. So I'm just like, VoIP out to whoever, just like, you know, I will avenge my brother. You killed my brother. You know, so I, I, I will avenge you. Eventually I go like, well, I don't know where this guy is. I'm, I don't want to die here. I still want to actually try and get as many spots as I, as I can. So I run away and I clear warehouse one, but I'm like still aware that there's somebody left. We took the dog, the dog tags. We knew that it was a PMC that had killed him. Um, yeah. Go through like warehouse, uh, warehouse one and clear that and check the spots. Nothing there. Come out the other side. And then I hear the footsteps. I'm just like waiting, waiting, like super patient. The guy's like jumping up, sniping, da, da, da. I run out of arm stamina. I'm like, right, I'm going to start breathing super heavy. So I just like 
push and rush the guy, full auto with the scar, kill him, and just like pick up his tag. Like it's the dude who killed our friend. I'm just like, yes, it's like revenge. We managed to get revenge on on the uh, the guy who killed the the guy that we keep bumping into. Um, it was yeah, it was it was nuts. It was so so good. And I I think I can't remember whether it was that one or another one, but we ended up running into like the goons as well. I finished the goons quest because um, I killed uh, Bird Eye at point blank on one of the other raids, which is just like insane. And then yeah, finally went through and had one good run where the whole road camp was ended up being cleared. Managed to kill all the rest. Checked every single spot, and finally the flash drive was on spot nineteen out of twenty in that final run. Man, it was oh. just it was what a what a wild ride, what a wild ride. So taking that out, it's flashing. Well, I think it's probably finished now, but I'm gonna take it out of the end center on Thursday when I do my actual stream and like show everybody because I'm gonna do it like properly live. I want it to be recorded for everyone to be there. I mean, yeah, just for austerity or whatever but like oh my god like what what, what a quest like what are the chances that like, you never get that in tarkov or you meet the same pmc a few times and then you manage to get revenge on him as well i was like this is it actually worked quite well it all all, all things said but, but I was, yeah it's been crazy i was watching it on the second because i only saw the last encounter you had mm. with him and so i didn't have all the pre-existing context and when you were like oh is that you and he was like yeah, it's me. It's me. I thought, oh man, this guy's this guy's blind to Giga. He's about to he's trying to pull a quick one on Giga. <laughs> uh, I recognized his accent because I think he sounded like French or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I was like, he's got the same accent as the guy yesterday, like for sure. And he's yeah. in the same place, like he's got the same gun and stuff. Like, I think this is this is our man. Um, just yeah, just crazy. You just never see that. But I think it's partly because we're playing a very specific map. At a very specific time, so we've been playing that night, the night raids as well. And he was like, "Yeah, the, the raids are normally pretty dead." Um, that's what we were talking about just before we got shot in the head, actually. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, I do actually think that the Diablo Four release has had a big impact on the player base, as you might imagine. Right, a ton of people have gone off to go and play it, and um, like you can see it on the flea market, there's just like one white tape on the flea, like really? random stuff like that. Like wow. this is like super, super low. So I would imagine the player base takes a massive dip. In those yeah. periods, as people play out, play something else. It just, it's just the way things are. But you can sort of see it on the flea, I think, anyway. So yeah, I guess the chances were more likely than any other way with a low player base playing the same servers, both being EU and um, playing night on on lighthouse, yeah. where normally you don't get that many people. It's like increase the chances of seeing the guy again. But like even still, you know, we didn't. It was on two different days. Like we we we, were, we cool, played though. as we played as enemies, and I died. Mm-hmm. And he said, actually, he was like, oh, by the way, I could see when you were lifting your MVGs up and down, he said you were really obvious. So I could just see the, the green like, light in the MVGs just like flicking up and down when you're on that rock. It was really, you were just like a big beacon up there. Does he not have MVGs? Uh, I don't think so. He just was playing. Uh, okay. oh, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he had them off. I don't actually know. But um, I can't remember, actually. Maybe, maybe he didn't have them on. I'd have to go back and check the VOD. I don't think he did. He was playing like really budget kit. He was like VPO and a packer, like just go around like rogue sniping. He's just one of those guys who just enjoys like doing the night rogue like mm-hmm. route because it's like, you know, farming run or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, yeah, I don't lose anything when I die because I did ask. He actually came into chat. Like, he didn't realize, uh, he didn't know who I was, which is actually like, it made it even better in some ways. Like, I actually prefer that, honestly. But um, somebody messaged him in game after our like final encounter because um, I added him as a friend and he he messaged me back and said, hey, you know, if you're still struggling to find your flash drive, like we can raid together like tonight if you want and uh, I'll help you get it, which is like really nice of him. Um, given that like, you know, he did, like I was just some random. Right. Um, and then he said like somebody messaged him because they had his in-game ID, right? 
and um, somebody messaged him and, and he was like oh someone's just messaged me like you you stream do you so then he actually came in chat and was just like oh you stream okay cool um so like yeah that was actually like actually made it kind of better in some ways that like he didn't know which is which is awesome so it's like actual legitimate you know proper encounter organic. Than, yeah it's like a proper organic encounter yeah, which is nice for sure nice. so question for you then and we might have i might have asked you this before i'm sorry if i have but because you know sometimes i can't tell if i've we talked to us for if i've just monologued to myself about this but <laughs> the so I, I think one of our critiques is that and let me know if you agree or disagree is that you know the game can feel a bit too um you know linear or predictable at times in so certain aspects yeah it depends what but in some ways okay now with this quest in particular it's a bit more i think i think we may, maybe could look at it and be like oh this is a bit more dynamic because you have <clears> 20 <throat> different spawn locations would you say that that's true and if so is that like do you like the quest <laughs> you know what i mean like this do you think the quest makes the game better the way it's structured yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the question, whether I like the quest right. or not, that, is a different that's question probably the wrong to whether question. I think the quest is well-designed. <laughs> <laughs> Those two questions are different. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, all things considered, again, I, I enjoy personal progression too. So even though mm -hmm. I don't necessarily like the quest at the start, I do enjoy finishing something like this and feeling more accomplished than I yeah. was before. Like When I was, I think I complained to you last time when we spoke about just like, I was going into some of these raids being like, I don't even know what my plan is here. Like, I'm just not sure. So, okay. So the, so the, I actually quite, I think the quest is fairly well designed. The thing that I don't really like is the formulaicness of playing against the, the rogues in particular, okay. but that's like, that's the piece that I don't like so much because it's like, if you don't do, and lots of people just like go and watch Chero's video on patch 13 rogue farming. I did actually watch it previously. It's one of those things that like, if you just watch the video, you have to go and do it. Like you have to go and do it so many times to like, figure it out and there's little differences or oh this guy's missing and like if you get the perfect raid where no one else is there and you get to just wander around in the daytime and like kill all the rogues and like yeah it's super easy but like every time i'd like go to the front in the day i'd get like sniped on by somebody and i went like half in pvp but i like i know the ro where the rogues are and i've got to avoid getting shot by them and i've got to try and maneuver around the pvp as well because like it's not straightforward as people say you know it's like it's always the way people come into chat and they're just like oh just watch this run and just do that run and it's like it doesn't doesn't work like that right like half the time you'd like die just getting to the camp because you end up in some fight or something but um i just do i do think that the rogues are too like they're still too formulaic like they're it's better than it was actually in some ways back when i was doing it because it's like they always spawned in the same places they never moved when you shot them and, and um if you hit them they just like stay there if a guy next to them dies they used to just stay there like now they do run around and move and stuff and that makes it that does actually make it better in a sense but because they're so hard to fight against when that happens it almost like screws the run up because they're so like you know they're so difficult um and so aimbotty sometimes that it's like that it just makes it problematic i mean in, in some sense once they're off the guns it is actually does feel a bit fairer it feels like you're fighting against like raiders rather than fighting against the rogues because mm -hmm. the rogues on the, on the big guns they just delete you right yeah and especially with the gl i've been jailed like so many times trying to do this stupid quest like one of them gets back on the gun and then you and then you just get yelled. So I don't like the formulaicness of the, the rogues in that sense. But I think outside of that, I do think that the quest is all right because 
there's enough spots that it means that you need to check. Like you could get lucky, and you have to like. There's a few different ways to, to approach it, which I think is okay. It's like you you do the bit that you know like more times, or you try to clear everything and do the whole camp. But it does sort of make you think about like, okay, where, where do I want to approach from? Which bit do I want to do? Do I want to do all of it, or do I just check some of it? I think the quest itself is okay. It's hard. Don't get me wrong, but there's the quest just before Lightkeeper. I think it probably should be. Um, so my only critique really is like the rogue behavior, but that's sort of not really the quest's fault. It's, it's that's own, that's right. its own thing. Yeah, I think the quest itself is okay. So you think having the multiple spawns locations mm. kind of you know, uh, helps make it less um, uh, more diverse of an experience, less predictable. Sure. Yeah, and there's a few other like finding the finding the body of the transmitter was like that as well like it could have been in one chalet or the other chalet the only part about that that i'm not super fan of is that like it's it's like you know prop hunt like ridiculous point and click adventure like pixel hunt yeah it's insane so you you basically just have to use the wiki to find those 20 spots you'd like can you even imagine doing it without the wiki right well that's me like freaking forever right it doesn't give you any hint as to what the spots are can you imagine trying to do that without the wiki when it could be in one of those 20 and it took me like four different streams to get it, knowing precisely where they are and knowing that it spawns a hunt with a hundred percent chance. Like dude, without, without that, I don't freaking, I wouldn't stand the chance. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the other part of it is like, well, technically, you know, any quest can be more, less predictable if you don't go look up the guide on where it's located. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same, I mean, you bring up a good, like, so I'm playing this pixel game, uh, indie game called Hyperlight Drifter. <laughs> and it's essentially 2D pixel Dark Souls in a, in, a, in a sense. You, you know, go to different areas, you clear, clear it, uh, this, you know, explore stuff, get upgrades, fight the boss, um, et cetera, et cetera. And part of it is there's sort of like, um, you know, additional content through like com- achievements, doing all the things. So like you, it's it's also like a very moody and aesthetic game. Like the soundtrack mm. is just like very unique. But anyways, the the how they handle like secrets, if you will, is there's uh, there's these little symbols. Um, I can't even describe. It. It's almost like a uh, dot, a square with uh, a dot inside a square. And I mean, it's all pixel art, right? And, uh, you know, the game's very like, it's a little bit like sci-fi, but also like very abstract. And so you kind of, you know, it's it's possible for you to miss it or like mistake something that looks like a secret marker and and not. But even if you do see it, like you got to figure out, usually it's just like you go through the wall and it's like a cave and it leads into a room and then boom, you got your, your secret. And... I specifically like try to avoid looking up anything for the longest time and because I want to do like everything the game has to yeah. offer. But I when one broke me, I was like, I can't like I've spent like an hour just exploring this entire area of the map, you know, and all the dungeons and I can't find it. So I mean like I'm just gonna yeah. look it up on the guide. And then I saw I saw where I missed it. I was like, oh okay, that's where it's at, blah blah. But like I could have like just saved myself hours of gameplay. And just looked up all the guides and 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 done it, you know. So it's just kind of this weird mm. thing, like in the era of like information and you know YouTube and 
all these resources we have, it's like for the game designer, you know, it's very challenging where, you, you know, you maybe want to make it like if you make it too difficult then they're just going to look at the guide and complain, you know, about it. But if it's like too easy, then it's like not fun and challenging either. So it's like, yeah. it's such a weird balance you have to make. And I guess what I liked about, because the game, like I said, the game's very like abstract. Like, does it really tell you what any of this stuff means? Like, I didn't even know what I was doing for the longest time. Like, I knew I knew I was supposed to fight bosses, but like, it doesn't tell you that outright. It's just like there's a skull icon on the map. You know, there's like these weird right. monoliths that you pull up, and then it's like a triangle that's a makeup of a diamond, and then you can add more triangles to make it a square. But like, what does any of this mean? It's like this door wants three triangles. It's like, okay, I guess I need to get three triangles. Like, it's just very abstract. I like that. So you have to like reverse engineer, figure out what, what stuff means. And eventually I figured out that, oh, you know, this symbol means this is a secret area. So like I had to backtrack and go do all that. And that, it basically, without telling me, laying it out to me, I kind of like stumbled upon discovery. And then it makes me feel really smart. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm a genius. But then I realized it's like it trained me. Like once I, once I learned that, like put the puzzles pieces together, then it like, I can take that existing foundation and now go back and apply it to all the other areas. I explored. Mm. It's like, there's a secret I missed. There's a secret I missed there, you know? And I wonder if like, is there something Tarkov could do in that philosophy? Cause like it, you know, it's like, I want those experiences where like, you, you know, you feel smart, but it's like challenging, but it's not just like, you know, the hobo sleeping in the cart on the train tracks. And then there's a, you know, there's a, a key there or a document and then you have to do the little pixel gap thing and figure it out. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you want, you know, I don't know if it's like consistency or something, but I don't know how they could do that. You know, maybe it's like a graffiti spring. <laughs> Jaeger was here. <laughs> yeah. And you're, or you're like looking for a particular pattern on a wall or something that's yeah. like it's something obvious, but you'd miss it. It didn't, wouldn't have any meaning if you didn't know, or maybe it only right. appears when you're doing the quest or something. Now this is the thing, right? It's like that balance between like, Tarkov's gone like so full on, just like so abstract that you can't ever work it out. Like it's not, it's not a puzzle because you can't figure it out. You just have to brute force it, and you just wander around until someone in the community finds it, and then everyone yeah. they tell everybody. Like in the context of what you're saying, the the flash drive version three is actually almost good quest design because it's good in a meta sense as well. Almost in the fact that like because the wiki exists. And because they know <laughs> right. the one locations yes. are going to be showcased, having right. 20 locations that are, I mean, they're not necessarily obscure. Like some of them are a little bit obscure, but it's just because the flash drive is really small. That's mm -hmm. mainly the problem. And there's no real way to like signpost it without, as you say, doing like a graffiti spray or something. Um, like it's just not signposted at all. You just have to find this like tiny little item that's like on the corner right. of a box or something. It, that's almost the best way of going about it because it's like, you can look up on the wiki where all the points are. But you mm -hmm. still have to go and check them all. Yeah. And that's, it's almost in a meta sense. <laughs> in a meta sense. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> like because we know that it'll be on the wiki, right. we don't need to worry about the form points being difficult because they'll be found eventually. And um, it's, a, it's like a good challenge for those who want to like race through and it's like a community thing for those people who are finding it first. And then for everybody else, they just use the information that was gathered by other people and, uh, and they can use the wiki, but then they still have to go and check everything. And like, it's almost like, the best way to design it, like given what's going to happen to the information, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. So yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's 
I think it's alright. I think it was a good quest. Um, ultimately, it forced me to do stuff that I'm not very good at and didn't really want to do, but we got there eventually and had some like fun interaction and stuff. So probably the best interaction I've ever had, mm-hmm. honestly, in Tarkov. Like I don't think I've ever interacted with another player in that way and somebody that I didn't know. Probably the best one that I've had so far. Uh, so yeah, you know, it did it did work. It did actually do the work. And so we're going to go and meet Lightkeeper on the next stream with the transcoder thing. Should be pretty fun. Um, I did have another follow up mm. question based off that experience. So I watched uh, a landmark video where um, I think it was like you know, uh, the thumbnail was like landmark. He was reacting like, and then, or, you know, some, some reaction, right. And then it was like PMC karma, but it was like, uh, it was like, they, um, it wasn't like the text. It was like, they edited thumbnail. So like that was in the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I was interested in what landmark had to say. And, uh, you know, it, it was essentially like the game's going to die. If this comes in, like that type of, um take and uh but i was wondering like based off your um experience you know what if because this is like okay hmm, let me think how to do this so landmark's basically saying that you know there's no way there's not like a good way to determine like if you're going to be punished for killing your same faction it's going to feel really bad um which i think makes sense and then it's like, you know, this isn't good for, like, it hit part of his argument was like, you shoot people, this is the game of guns, but, you know, I won't really get into that that much. Though. But my, getting to my question here, um, do you think it would be more interesting if you could have more of those encounters by proxy of PMC karma existing? Because in my mind, you know, hypothetically you hear someone you either voice calm to them or you in game calm to them you know maybe they have to add some new voice lines like identify yourself <laughs> you know and then you could usec f whatever but uh yeah well you think that would be more interesting because you might build some new temporary allies or i mean it all kind of depends on the details of how scav karma works or pmc karma works i mean one thing Landmark suggests it's like maybe they could only have it where you can only be rewarded, like you can't be punished. Um, mm. Like that would be a, a you know something he would like, but that doesn't sound like VSG, does it? <laughs> no, I don't really know. There's a lot of people have been talking about it. The reason why this cropped up in the first place was because mm-hmm. there was that random pop up in game that some people were getting as a bug. And they were trying to load into a map, and it, it it was saying, "Warning, you will lose PMC karma." Da da da. There was like oh, some really? like piece of text in the game that appeared um, for a That's couple funny. of people. It was like a random bug, <laughs> and I think it's when they were loading in a scav bizarrely, and it was com- it was definitely confirmed as a bug. But like they have some like, I, like I know everybody was saying like, "I'm a nice guy." And a few other people I think were saying like, "This doesn't mean PMC karma is coming to the game. You know, it's just a bug." Like da da da. But I'm just like, text exists, guys. Yeah, like you can't you can't deny the text existing. Like Unless... you, maybe it doesn't show. Yeah, you know, it was written a long time ago. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of possibilities, but, but it. I I'm kind of ingredients with you, right? Yeah, there's something like, there. Yeah, exactly. Um, in some fashion, right? it's not just Nikita talking. Like something went in the game on that basis. 
even if it's just some piece of writing that they got some copywriter to do mm-hmm. um that I'm, I'm not sure but like it's just like what i said i got asked yesterday the devil's in the details like you said but they have to be extremely careful like landmark's take i don't think is necessarily incorrect mm-hmm. because right now the end game of tarkov is pvp <clears throat> and people are already a bit dissatisfied with the way that that's gone because it used to be easier just to play the game on a pvp basis back in like 12 11 and whatever um because the game basically just became arcade pvp at the end and that was like fine you know you did all the grind you did all the hardcore stuff there's nothing else there and people mm. just wanted to play and fight and make money and you know feel like pvp gods at the end but the top echelon did anyway um and so i kind of like understand right if they're gonna make it harder for players to kill each other or make it like punish people for killing each other or whatever then it's like okay what we like what are you trying to drive the players to actually do here right if there's nothing else to actually do then the game's just like pve game now the reason why me and the dude met up and grouped together in the rogue camp is because like he was pveing the rogues and i was doing a quest that didn't rely on me killing players so it's a tricky one because in that situation it makes a lot of sense for us to group up but like in the normal course of late game tarkov like what are you actually doing like you're there just to kill people so there's no other real goal and then maybe yeah maybe you want to do some of these late game quests like hint or whatever but like do we really just want to play pve tarkov like i'm not sure if that's really the, the game so the game has to be like very different and there's something something to around the incentives that we have really have to change um and they have to do it in a way that is not like the way they did scav karma because scav karma we've spoken about before it's like way too basic there's basically no upside to being bad really it's a bit of monetary but like it's nothing really yeah and there's all only downside um and there's just upside for being good which means that most scavs it's actually a little bit less cut dried now especially on factory and especially because it's late wipe because like people just don't care about their karma so much but when it first came out, especially in like early wipe, people really care about their karma because they want to play scav more. And basically the scavs just like don't kill each other, which is fine. But you don't want to end up in a situation where like the best way to play the game is like for PMCs to never shoot at each other and never kill each other and all just go and get our quests and then oh we can all just play bosses together. Like it's just it's I don't yeah. know where that ends up, right? I just don't think that works. So the game has to be very different. We have to have goal like shared goals. You need to bring in more tools. Like they brought in Scav Karma before the tools were in place. They brought Scav Karma in before VoIP. I always thought that was a mistake. Scav Karma only really made sense after VoIP. Um, they brought it in before, so the meta got set as never kill anybody else because you couldn't speak to each other properly. That was set before they brought the tools in, right? And you, I think the ordering matters because the community behavior and the player behavior is actually quite hard to change once it's set. Even if you then bring in tools that are supposed to do something else later on. It's a tricky thing to reverse. So we need other things as PMC. We need ways to identify each other. I don't know how that would work. You need ways to communicate and group up and that kind of thing, like with the radios and stuff. Like you need the ability to do that. Like maybe if you've met somebody before, you share credentials and you know, maybe it gives you a radio frequency or maybe the game notifies you of somebody you've played with before who you've met up with is in a raid so you can radio to each other again. I don't know. There need, But there needs to be some aspect. There needs to be way more tools to allow people to do this stuff. Otherwise... It's just going to go one of two ways. Either no one's going to ever shoot anybody or everyone's just not going to care about PMC karma and just kill each other on site. I just don't think it'll work otherwise. Like, it's just it's just hard. Yeah, I mean, if we're basing off of scav karma, then, yeah, I would say it is going to be very... If, you know, you're going to be very scared to shoot anybody because the punishments are really bad. Again, basing this off of scav karma. Um, so there's going to be a weird metagame of trying to 
information game trying to figure out if this person's actually who they say they are you know if you can trust them uh well i mean you can trust them but you need you both need to identify your own the same faction or opposing factions to determine if fighting is appropriate or not you know so it yeah. would be it's like you're you're adding a pre layer of uh game gaming you have to do now you know so longer yeah. you shoot on site you have to figure out so I mean, the main thing I would push back on is just this, the the idea that, you know, Tarkov is PvP. Um, I just think it's just factually wrong. <laughs> like, well, it is at the moment. Well, what you're saying specifically, in-game, the only thing to do is, is PvP. Right. And, I mean, I, I, I would agree that is there, all there is left to do, really, is just shoot stuff. <laughs> There's no progression because you've completed the progression, right? Yeah. So, but I think, you know, holistically speaking, I don't think Tarkov is just just PvP. No, know? of course, of course. Yeah. So that that's just kind of my issue with these types of takes is like it just seems to, uh, you know, oversimplify. Like I I feel like there's potential there, but uh, you know the devil's in the details of course but i don't know what the uh the exact solution that, you know, if you're not careful i just think that you end up you end up making the emergent player behavior swing too far one way or the other and it'll be when they added voip the early wipe for pmc's actually got quite a lot easier because a lot of people yeah. just voip and just do quests and don't bother fighting which is fine which, well yes yeah, i mean it's fine i just i kind of i actually dislike that feed, that a lot because it's like they're gaming i mean they're it's like a good thing. I don't know. It's just weird. Like, I don't, you don't see that often, that same behavior in like Rust, for example. I mean, Rust, Rust's a little bit more sweatier because you're, I, I think they've tried to change it a little bit, but your life is kind of more expensive than like DayZ, for example, because you have sleeping yeah. bags and you could place a bunch of sleeping bags. I mean, there's a cost to it, but you could have tons of sleeping bags and basically just, you know, uh, what they call grubs where, you know, you die in a fight and then more people come to the fight and there's a big chaos. And now you're running back naked, getting scraps, fighting people, you know, it's just like, everyone's doing that. So it's like a, it's just kind of crazy, but like in, in Tarkov with the VoIP, it's like, people are like using that to gamify a system. Like, Hey, I got to do this quest. Hey, I got, I think my favorite example is a Jessica Zam where he was in factory having to kill PMCs. And then um, I guess I guess he kind of made a a compromise in favor of the guy, but the, basically what ended up happening, he was like, "Let me plant my blue things, and then you can kill me for your quest." And it's like mm -hmm. such a gamey thing, but it's like I guess I guess it works because you're both progressing in the same sense that you would in like Rust. You know, if like you work together to you know do some objective, you both share, split the loot, whatever. It's kind of like the same. Uh, idea is just like looks very differently in in Tarkov, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I mean, there's some of the things about some stuff like maybe will be okay. I, it depends on what happens. Like, it depends on what the the disadvantages are. Honestly, to PMC Karma, like if you because you can't make the cooldown longer because there isn't a cooldown for playing PMC. Right. So that doesn't. That's not really a thing. That's probably my single least favorite thing about Scav Karma is the fact that it increases the cooldown 
Like the moonshine case and all that stuff, that's fine. But like to increase the cooldown of people playing Scav, because of low Scav Karma, I think it's like just kind of annoying. Um, mm-hmm. But that won't exist for PMC. So I guess it'd probably be something like lower trader rep, I guess. But the traders are too important, and so it means no one will ever want to lose rep, which means that then early wipe, like, no PMCs will ever shoot each other. And it will just kind of, like, ruin the game in some ways, I feel. Yeah. Anybody who's playing in, like, a meta way, you know? It's like Scav is now really, right. really boring. I used to yeah, play Blobbox Scav, I do now, because it's so dull, because unless you're playing Factory, you can just, like, you just run around all this... the maps. Unless you meet PMC, which is very, very rare, then you can just run around and just loot infinitely, and it doesn't make, like, it's just super easy. And it's just not... I don't know. It's just not fun. It used to be a big free-for-all. Like, it used to be difficult playing Scav as well. Yeah. Like, it was easier because the AI wouldn't be fighting against yeah. you. But you used to just be able to kill all the player Scavs and it was, like, of no consequence. So, like, I've never really liked Scav Karma that much. I still don't really like Scav Karma particularly. I, I think the problem is that they've made it absolutist. Like, they've already determined what is, you know, morally sound within mm-hmm. Scav Karma. Because the thing that frustrates me is, as I said before, is half the time I'm fighting other players running to the loot. You know what I mean? And mm. it's like, even if you know someone cuts me off and loots, like screw you, you know, you can't do anything about it. What you want to lose, you know, X amount of karma just to kill me. It's really annoying. Right. So it's like, dude, uh, you know, but what I think would be interesting is, and I think fallout new Vegas has something similar like this, but instead of having like these, um, you know, scav, PMC, and then within PMC you have Baron Usyk. What if you had like Scav, and then within that there's like three different factions, right? And I, you know, maybe or maybe just two different factions. I don't know, but um, it, it, the central idea is like one faction is maybe like the chaotic evil Scavs. Mm-hmm. They just always shoot on the side. The other one's like the lawful good Scavs. Like they're they're the good Scavs. They want to work together. And then the other one's like I don't know. Uh, whatever on the chart you know but there's like certain principles and ideas and so you kind of like align with one group and then based off your alignment with that group uh other groups treat you differently you know maybe you have like rewards or or something but kind of the same idea of like you usec and bear like maybe you have like the usec rogues that are just like you know they have their own morals and ideas and principles about how things should be done and you got like the you know straight a uh, you know you sex or whatever but something like this where it's a little less less cut and dry and you can kind of like fluid you know maybe one day you're an evil you know chaotic evil scav or whatever and then you you know slowly work your way towards a different faction i don't know just something a bit more less like absolute rigid this is exactly how you behave now do it (laughs) yeah i know what you mean like you could almost have one where it's like if you align with that fa- the aggressive faction, you also get shot at by scavs all the time. Yeah, but you yeah. gain points by killing other scavs, for example, yeah. like other player scavs or something. And um, I know a lot of people would just like go and do that, but then it's like, okay, it's harder for you because you're always getting shot at by scavs. But there's some upside there because you gain points in a different way. Whereas if you're like a good scav, then you can wander around and the AI scavs won't even touch you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just like yeah, so- something different. I just think I agree with you. It's too much one way, and I feel I just fear that PMC karma is going to be the same thing. It's going to be too much. Like this is what we right. want you to do. This is how we want you to inra- react or interact with each other, and that's it. This is the way. You know, killing players without interacting on your own team. That's going to be just instant negative karma, whatever. Like regardless of the situation, like it's too, it's too simple, and it needs to be more complicated. And 
there needs to be more more tools for it and stuff. It's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But we'll see. We don't know what their plans are yet at all. So yeah, that's the biggest worry for me, though. Is it's just going to change the behavior in a weird way. The last I heard, Nikita said, we don't know. It's something to the fact that we don't know what we're going to do with uh, PMC Karma. If you have any ideas, please submit them to us. Yeah. But, I don't uh, know. I it's, it's a real tricky thing because of all the system surrounding it yeah, and how the game's set up yeah, yeah it was like a single player game i feel like it'd be so much easier yeah and even if we had some kind of like if there were ways to group up dynamically in raid and then have you know and there were hud markers and stuff right. like not that i'm advocating I, so for that true. but like yeah in a game where that existed yeah. it's a lot easier to make make it work because then you kind of yeah. know who's on your team and who's not and all of this stuff whereas like in tarkov it's just you don't know anyway and then even after you've grouped up you still don't know and right. everyone looks the same and you can't tell one person from another it's just like it's not really like the game's not really set up to take that kind of system i don't think unless you really give people a lot of tools like i said about the radios and and stuff like that and like have the ability for people to update where you are maybe like see like maybe mark a position on a map if you rate if you load in you know you take a map with you and you you radio to somebody and they can give you a coordinate reference that like you wouldn't have to actually manually do it yourself but you, know, you say swap coordinates or something, it would just be a button and you like radio in and it would just like mark on the map where you are, where they are. And like, maybe you'd have to bring it up. Like it's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's not going to be a hard or anything, but you know, you just like bring up the map and then there you go. You like you both. Okay. So we know where each other are fine. Well, I'm going to move to here. I'm going to move to there. And then you could like plan a, an, an operation together without necessarily having to be next to each other. And you'd broadly know where they were and they could tell you, then it'd be down to communication again. And that would be, the, the skill of comms in Tarkov, which is its own skill, which I think is a good thing that we don't have the HUD and whatever. It kind of balances the game for solos versus big teams. Um, but you'd bring that into the... Because it's like, it's. I think the, the, the big problem is like the point of first contact. Like, where does that happen? Does that happen with guns out behind walls? Mm-hmm. Or does that happen like on spawn in because you're saying, okay, are there any other USEX on the map? Does anybody want to team up? Like, where are you? Where are you? What's your right. mission? Are you going anywhere? You know, you can agree or disagree on where to go. Maybe you don't even want to meet up and you're just, you just say, fine, well, I'll go this way so I won't see you. So you can kill any bears that you see or I'll go this way and so you won't see me. So you can kill anyone and don't worry about it. You know, that kind of thing. But it's that, it's that point of first contact. How do people actually get in contact with each other? How do you actually team up and work together? And how will that influence the, I see a guy and I'm going to kill him. Oh, now I've just lost karma because like he was on my team, but like he never bothered coming or he never right. responded to the and radio how, or anything. It's like, how do I lose just random karma for that? Yeah. And do I lose trader rep for that? Because if I, right. if I do, like I can't think of much stuff that you could lose. Like you got to lose some kind of points or something like that, right? As a PMC, but like nothing in your hideout is going to blow up. They like, bring not, back maybe skill degradation. <laughs> yeah. It could give you like make negative XP maybe. Yeah, or, like, but like, but negative trader rep would just be like, cause it's so important without rebalancing the loot stuff that I talked mm-hmm. about in, um, in another cast and I actually ended up doing a video about it but I kind of forgot about it because I was like away on holiday and then it posted so I didn't even talk about it but like the Alton video I don't know if you saw that one yeah I did Not, uh, yeah and the Tequila Face one um, yeah. so it's about like the loot rebalancing that we've talked about before on this podcast mm-hmm. then it's sort of then the traders are not as important but in the current game structure the traders are too important to lose points for so you just basically never want to kill anyone and so it's, they've got to do that that kind of thing but I could see that working honestly I could see it working with radios but you've got to throw the player a bone and be like you can contact other USECs at the start of the raid if you're USEC. You can contact other bears if you're bear at the start of the raid. So you know, something like that, and like you can yeah. you can link up because then there's still enemy <sighs> PMCs on the map, like the bears that are not gonna 
that are not going to sort of, you know, flag up Scav Karma or whatever, or like, oh, it shows you the spawn points of all USEX when you're entering, or maybe you need high-level Intel Center. I don't know, man. There's like, there's lots yeah. of ways that they can do it, but there's we need, awesome. we need, we need a bunch of these things to come in with it. It can't just go. We've introduced PMC Karma, and you now lose 0.1 trader rep every time, or 0.01 trader rep every time you kill a PMC of your current faction, and have fun. Like that can't be it. There's no that, that can't be it. Yeah, this it has is to the, be something else. This is the thing I want to know because back when Nikita was doing an AMA uh, or whatever, the, when he was answering questions on Reddit, you know, I started typing up something and then I realized, damn, this is actually really hard and I don't even know. But one of the main things I want to ask him is like, is Scav Karma achieving the goals you set out to be? Or like, mm. or, or like, in your eyes, you see Scav Karma successful, and like, what are the goals for it? You know, like, I kind of want to like probe, like, how do they feel about that? Like, if that's exactly how they want it to be, then I have major concerns about PMC Karma. You know what I mean? Because I, I think what you and I are saying back before Scav Karma, despite that most people were shooting on site, which maybe could play into the fact that. Your life isn't really. It's like you got a free kit, so like, why you're almost like incentivized to gamble. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, hey, here's here's some money. You know, oh, okay, well, might as well bet on you know whatever. But uh, I I just wonder if like what you and you and I are saying is like we kind of like the the more wild west s experience where you know it's like every man for himself, but you can't work together if you want to. You know, mm. and it's arguably in your favor to work together. But like, can you yeah. trust them? You know, there's always that uncertainty. And I, I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I would like. And one other thing I was reminded of when you were talking about the radios, I think it'd be really cool if you could also have like a radio scanner and like pick up people's frequencies, like the, the, you know, and, and get basically tap into what their conversation mm. and get free information. Cause I was thinking yeah. of like Abney dude <laughs> doing a video like that. This one Tarkov strategy net me so much profit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this the scab karma thing's funny because I think one interesting um observation is that we never got to try scav gameplay with VoIP without karma. Yeah, I I feel the same. Yeah. So we never got to see what happened with that. The reason everyone killed on site was because you just couldn't talk to each other. There was no way to actually get that positive experience with each you, other. So you, you could wiggle. Well kill each other. You could was, wiggle, but I it's, mean, it's a very yeah. like primitive tool. You know, we yeah. have like we're both, <laughs> both looking at each other already with right. the weapons out. If so, one yeah. person's wiggling, right? So you'd normally just die. And the meta was just to kill the other players. Whereas I think it's a shame that we didn't get Void first still, because we may have seen emergent player behavior. Maybe not. Maybe it would have just mm. continued to be kill on site. It probably would have continued to be kill on site. But at least it would have given the the chance you have more tools exactly yeah. it's like pmc karma doesn't exist but voip does and i grouped up with that guy and i'm really not a big voiper and a big mm-hmm. like whooper upper. i'm just like you know endlessly cynical of other players and typically kill on <laughs> site kind of dude um but in that particular scenario it worked out and that's without pmc karma and that's with voip so like voip's the tool really but there's and, and that's the thing it's like the only reason why it did work like we killed each other in another raid the only reason why it did work is because we were within voiping range, but on the other side, each on the other side of a wall. Yeah. And so we couldn't actually shoot at each other, which is why I think radios are important because it's like, here's yeah. a way to communicate before the point of contact for combat. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 
I do think that's critical. Yeah. Another thing that would help too is like if you if you could run into the same person more times than not, well then yeah, you don't have a damn, that's the thing, you don't have a name tag. Like how would you identify that that's the same person you ran into? You could like swap credentials over the radio or something. Yeah, but how do you like basically what I'm suggesting like in Rust sometimes you may you may like make a an enemy, right? And you guys are just constantly like butting each other. Maybe your neighbors, and then eventually one of you, you know, you get the upper hand, then he gets the upper hand on you, and you go back and forth. And then eventually, you know, you both had your revenge, and you both feel satisfied, and you're like, okay, you want to make a truce? Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense, you know. But it took a lot of like uh, bickering to like, uh, I got you, and then ah, uh, he got me. But eventually, it makes sense to make a truce because you're neighbors, you know, you gotta live with each other. So I just wonder if like. You could do something similar like that in Tarka, but like you, you know, you don't have name tags, so like you can't, you know, it's very obvious when I see my neighbor, regardless of where I'm at, because I see their name tag. Mm. Um, well, yeah, when I'm close enough, I mean, there's certain limitations on that, but so I don't know. It's you'd have to think of something, yeah, yeah, it's tough because even yeah. if you did make them like visually ident- identifiable up close. Um, I don't know. It'd have to be like super obvious, like a name tag, right? Like a giant floating name tag. That, oh, that's the guy that I made a truce with two raids ago. Yeah. I don't know how what you would do there. But I like the radio idea. So I think that's I think that's a lot of fun. It's it's more tools to do cool things, which I'm always I'm always down for. Exactly, and I feel like putting those tools in before the karma system is yeah. a good idea because you give people the ability to like try it out and play first and then you say again it like it comes all the way back to the thing of like what do you actually want people to do this isn't just about like punishing people for killing other players like what do you actually want players to do it's like in, with scav karma when we talked about it ages ago i came to the decision or the conclusion that's like okay you want scavs to work together to kill pmcs fine but like we didn't get any tools to do that we just got negative rep for killing other scavs and VoIP. Like if they if they want to make PMC karma successful, they have to think mm. about what they actually want players to do. Yeah. Or what kind of behavior do they actually want from people? And then they have to and build the system around that. And that's my question is like I really want to know that from BSG. Because if if indeed this is what they want, you know, if they want scavs to work together, then I guess mission accomplished, you know. Uh, I'm not sure what. Well, but I'm not sure even if they were, as you were saying, it's not even sure if they were actually working together. Though. They're just, everyone's just like on their own looting. They know no one else is going to kill them most of the time. And they're just like, they're not really working yeah, together. I mean, they're we're just, like, like we're just forced cooperation. Like we're yeah, so, yeah. cooperation by association. <laughs> you know, yeah, know. exactly. So it's just a bit strange. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. Well, well, we'll see. But yeah, lots of people have been talking about it. Like, oh, it's going to kill the game and blah, blah, blah. But like, it depends how they do it. Yeah. In the current formulation, people are scared that they're I, just going to think given PMC karma on top and just go. Right. Now you're punished for killing other players in the exact current formulation, and nothing else changes. That's what people are worried about. Yeah, I I share that same worry. Like given scab karma, you know the precedent set isn't yeah all that great in my mind. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. So given this conversation began with. Mr. Landmark, there was actually a video mm-hmm. that he posted that I hadn't seen about flashlights after the fix, which I thought was kind of interesting, just as like a short note about 
he was testing with logical solutions in offline and just like seeing what, what worked and what didn't work. And it's like interesting seeing like a few, a whole bunch of different stuff, like him, them standing in front of each other and moving to the side and how like the, it really, it really does taper off a lot from the side. Um, that has, so has, that's changed. Yeah, yeah. It seems a lot better now. So yeah. it's like, it's really bright still from the front or like relatively bright from the front mm-hmm. and you can still kind of see them in some places, but then when you move to the side, it really does fall off quite quickly. Um, okay. But they tried a bunch of different stuff, which was sort of interesting. They tried like top mount, bottom mount, left yeah. mount, right mount, which is kind of cool. Um, and I don't know how it worked previously, but now at least, you know, if you're doing different peaks and stuff, if you have your flashlight mounted on the left and you're peaking a tight angle around the right corner, like your flashlight yeah, won't actually you work. Don't want you know, you, you won't even, yeah. They won't even see it. So if you're right peaking, you kind of want it on the right hand side. Mm-hmm. And if you've got it underneath and you're pointing directly at somebody and you're doing leg meta or whatever, your barrel will get in the way and they actually won't be flash mm. light. They won't be like flash lit anymore. Um, but the one fun thing that they, they did was showing one flashlight on both sides of the vanguard to have two and having two. Like, so X400s do seem to be better than like Valder Pros, I, I believe. Like, somebody showed okay. me this on my stream and it is, it is actually better. But two X four hundreds or the two two decent flashlights on both sides, it's like double as good. <laughs> so two flashlights means you basically can't see the person at all, and uh, it like widens the cone. It just like makes it Which so makes sense, hard. Yeah. So I think like two flashlight meta kind of is a real thing. Mm. Um, from what I saw there, I actually did it one uh, in one raid, and it was just like you know, it was it was decent. But I think yeah, I think that's. If you want to really get the most value of flashlights, they're not that much either, right? They're only 10k or so for a, a basic flashlight, or even actually less than the traders. I think the Balder's like 6k, but the X400 is like 10 or something from the traders. So it's only another 10k, and you get like a really strong flashlight effect, and it makes it very difficult for people to shoot at you, kind of like the old system, um, which is pretty pretty fun. So yeah, either if you're just putting one on. On the right hand side seems to be the best for doing the leaning. And yeah. then if you put put two on if you want to go like full flashlight meta and it just like yeah, it makes it impossible for people to see you just because it's just like glowing like the sun. And more than that, it didn't seem to make much difference. But also it means you can like lean both directions and not worry yeah. about it not working, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, left and right peaks will both be okay. Yeah. You have a flashlight in their face. Yeah, but just just right peak, bro. Just only right peak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, you, you you're talking about two flashlight meta. It just reminded me of the the my one of my favorite Tarkov meme builds, the MPX Ray of God build, where you just mount eight. I think it's eight or nine. Maybe it's more. It's oh, it's, it's an insane amount of flashlights. You literally not only can they not see, but you also cannot see. It's so good. Yeah, it's good. Well, that was that. Well, that was another Abney strategy, wasn't it? With the thermal. Oh yeah, you could, the, use a, you could see through the if you put the thermal on and then took it off, then you could see through your optic completely fine, and you could just like spotlight yeah. somebody. I think they actually fixed that bug, but you I could like so, spotlight yeah. someone, and he would just like find a PMC and just like turn on the god beam, <laughs> and it was just like people were like uh oh, uh oh, like trying to shoot, but I like, can't even shoot at him because it's just like the whole screen's basically just white, like it's just insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty funny. So. Yeah, maybe we'll have to move to the, the double. I don't really like flashlights anyway, but I begrudgingly use them, so we'll probably go to the double flashlight meta. Dang, that'd be pretty cool. What if uh, in the row camp, right, uh, they had floodlights um, that you could mount and use to aim to shine lights at rocks? So if like one of your teammates was like, hey, there's a sniper up on the hill, you get on the floodlight and then 
you know, illuminate them, <laughs> and then they're blind, <laughs> essentially. That'd be kind of interesting. Oh, I see, fluff on the side. And then you could shoot it out still. Yeah. Well, yeah. they would have to, like, move, or, you know, they can't yeah, see yeah. now, so they're kind of screwed. But I guess they could shoot the light. Yeah, know. if they but can hit be, the middle. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be an interesting... Interesting. I, I did know. enjoy uh, the bits around the road camp that I did um, with the MVGs. It did actually feel cool in some places. Like, I did end up taking a suppressed M9 a lot of the time. I just used that to shoot out the lighting. Oh, yeah. And you can shoot all the lights and stuff, and it's pretty, it's pretty sick. Yeah. Like, I actually had some, like, cool night, like, technical features working well with, like, yeah, the full quad nods, because I went only quad nods in there. And, yeah, because you don't get blinded, really, by the lights when it's not, like, completely dark, which is just such a huge advantage with them. Um, but I did end up, like, shooting out a bunch of the lights, like, go through. And when I fought the goons in building two, um, yeah, I got, like, I got, M- uh, I got M6 wand, like, straight through my TTSK rig and just zeroed it immediately because it was like a 33 out of 40 rig and just got zeroed in one shot by mr mr sniper man and so i was like hidden in this room but i was like with my scar h with the nods on and then i had like the laser on and i was like because i know i knew i wasn't playing against other players it was against ai so i had like the laser like creeping around and like taking some shots with like the you know the the laser on with the nods i was like oh this is actually really really nice like i don't play enough at night to like take advantage of this stuff and like in the past when I've gone like, oh, we'll go night. And everyone who plays nights is like, no, turn off the lasers. No, you're like a huge beacon. If anyone else has got like, nods on, you're, you're going to be so obvious. Um, so it was good to actually be able to play with those features without feeling like I'm giving away myself. But yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah, I like I like the... There's some interesting gameplay in, in Night Raid and Tarkov because the lighting, flashlights. Now it's, you know, changed, of course, with the lasers. The, the infrareds actually do stuff. Um uh, yeah, I, there's some interesting. There's always this weird idea where it's like, do I remove my flashlights and cut all my? Or sorry, remove my MVGs and cut all my flashlights and push this guy, or do I not do that? You know, or do I leave them on and cut all my flashlights so neither of us can see? It's just, it's kind of a weird little game. But yeah, it's interesting. Maybe I should play some more like Streets Night. I've not really done Streets Night, but maybe I should play a bit more of that. Get the feather, the feather filters out, and play some Streets Night. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. I don't know. He's cheating. <laughs> it's in the game, bro. It's in the game. Cool. cool. Um. Yeah. Fine. So that was that little piece. What else was I going to talk about? Oh yes. Um. Was there any any other topics that you had like burning topics? Oh. Oh. The one one thing I want to mention was dog tags. I think they should buff dog tags. I think that's the most reasonable thing to buff pvp i've come to the conclusion and yes. i've watched uh i think in that landmark video i guess i was like kind of skimming through i noticed he looted um some type of rig or armor that was like zeroed out mm-hmm. um i can't remember what it was i think it but essentially yeah he had he basically had their entire kit and i mean you know a lot of that's offset because of his max his skills you know his max strength yeah. and whatnot um, I thought that was interesting because you you typically, especially Landmark, I don't think he ever really took someone's body armor. Maybe they're armored rigged, you know, because you can put more loot in there. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was interesting. I'm not sure if that's the the play nowadays. Probably for his skills, like max strength, that's probably the move. I would imagine. I'm not sure. You mean pre- to like sell it or to use it? Oh, it was definitely sell it. Yeah, because it was yeah. like. 
0.4 out of 80 or whatever. You know, it was like completely shredded. You know, it might you have been could, like a. You could, you could I was, pass. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could, but he, you know, he's a pure ruble, a ruble man, you know. The, the, he does the whole meta of cash only and you click and buy type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What armor was it? Was it like a Gen 4 or something? Because like some of those are like so much more now. It, I can't remember. Like it might have been the the green. What's the green one? The uh, the the Redux. Reduce? Yeah. Oh yeah, because that's pretty. Might have been that. Uh, I I can't remember, dude. Yeah, because that used to be sixty k from full to the traders, and yeah. now it's like a hundred and thirty thousand or something. So like over doubled in terms of pricing. So that's like what? I'm pretty sure it's it a four by three. Oh. Okay. I, I, yeah, the reduce though. I said it's still not great per slot though. Twelve slots or whatever. What would it? Let's see, twelve. And what was the price you said? Ten and a bit. It's like only said like eleven oh, okay. k or something. It's like it's not yeah. amazing. But, but that's like. Why. But that's. I mean, at least it's effectively the same as him looting ten or twelve. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is at full junk. HP. You got to repair it oh, first. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, pack is like eight hundred k now. I was looking at this the other day. Like, it doesn't always make sense to repair with the repair kit now. It's kind of intriguing. I'm well, still like going through some of the information. The yeah, because the price is so high. It's like right. sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Like sometimes you're better off selling. Now you're better off selling to fence a lot more, um, than, re- than repairing and selling to Ragman. Mm. Kind of depends. Um, I was I was kind of getting into like because oh. I have a lot of broken TTSK rigs. They take one shot, and I'm like, do I want to repair these things? Like a shot of a one single because I get shot with the BP a lot. One shot of BP into a TTSK almost like it is a pretty much guaranteed absorption, and you end up with three. You end up with twenty three out of forty, almost every time. It's like twenty three out of forty every time. So I've like loads of these twenty three out of forty rigs where like I killed somebody but they shot me once with BP in the chest, and I'm like, man, like do I really want to repair this to like thirty two out of forty? But I can't sell it to Ragman at that. So I've been thinking around with like repairing with Prapor, like three points. Just so I can sell it to Ragman, you know, like repair it just a tiny mm. amount, just so it's over the threshold, and then Ragman will take it, and then I can sell it to him because I'm spending the least amount on the repair, just so that Ragman will then take just it, so, so I don't Ragman have to sell it to Spence. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just try and get the best recycle cost that I can. But yeah, yeah it's I interesting how with the repair kit now. On that. Yeah, it's funny, and it seems to depend on the rig. Like I've been looking at a few different ones, and it's like some of them the repair kit's still better, some of them it's it's like grapple's the cheapest, but obviously it's the worst. It's just like it seems a bit random. I don't know whether it's material based or, or class based or durability points based. I'm like still not 100 percent sure. Hmm. But yeah, I'm trying to figure figure that one out. But now it's interesting to see him take a, a rig. Maybe he was like intrigued just to see how much it would be worth when he took it out. Because that's one of those things it like could be, you yeah. can't know until you do it what a zeroed reduce M is going to look like to sell because you can't manufacture that yourself. You'd have to like go in, get it zeroed, right. throw it on the floor, like come out or like leave the raid with it. You know, come out like see how much the repair cost is, and then try to sell it. Like it's one of those things you can't really test. It's one of the hardest parts about doing something like that. Like I've I bought a bunch of zeroed armors off to have a look at the repair costs, and I've got some armors myself, but it's difficult to manufacture something like that because you can't do it in offline. Because when you come back, they're all hundred percent again. It's um, it's a tricky one these days to actually do. And a lot of them you can't buy off the flea either. So again, it becomes even more problematic because you used to be able to buy zeroed ones to do these kind of tests. I used to do that fairly regularly in the late game when I'd like millions of rubles and it didn't matter just buy a redo 10 buy a zabralo buy this buy that buy that buy them all zeroed off the flea 
just to then see what the repair cost is. But now you have to kind of like go and do it yourself. It's much more painful. Yeah, I just I just think there's a problem if they keep buffing uh cell armored cellbacks because like like that guy that shot VP at you he paid like what a hundred k or I'm sorry a thousand rubles to basically negate half the value of your armor essentially right it yeah, only took one not. BP bullet and like yeah. you, you know like the trade off there is like amazing right I mean he lost but you know <laughs> one of the there's just a huge difference there and I. Th- I think you you want you do want that difference, uh, but you just want armor to do something. But then you don't want to run into a situation where your armor you're buying armor for a hundred percent, and then you're selling it back for like ninety nine percent of its value. You know what I mean? It's just like I think there's yeah. kind of a problem there. So you you probably want uh, I don't know. I just I just kind of think because even in Landmark's case, like let's say that was the correct play to do. Financially speaking, you know, there wasn't any other better loot in the map that was like the best he could do um, for the slots he had and, and the loot that he got off that player. Um, only not many people are going to be able to, that's not going to be viable for many people because they're going to be overweight instantly <laughs> as soon as they pick yeah. it up. So I don't know. I, yeah, I especially think, one of those, like, I'm overweight when I wear the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. Because he already, like I said, he, I mean, he, he literally absorbed that tire guy's kit and he kept this kit. So it was like fifty something, um, which is, you know, still pretty decent. But uh, anyways, I yeah, I think they should really look at buffing dog tags, man. Like I feel like three X yeah. is, you know, if they're really scared, two X. But I think that based on everything done, seems like the way yeah. to go to make, uh, you know, PvP a bit more rewarding. Exactly, and they've done the thing to stop teammates from taking dog tags. Now that's right. that's in. So come on, guys. Let's get the final piece. Because honestly, yeah. too, if if you think about it, and you might have actually said this, um, in some ways it boosts, uh, boosts, <laughs> buffs insurance. Like if if the meta way to play is just to loot their dog tags because their gear is not worth taking out, like the the weight to rubles value is insane mm-hmm. on the dog tag versus their gear. Yeah. Then in some ways insurance gets better. So like that's kind of good for the guy dying, right? So mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah, yeah, there's that too. There's that too. It does impact the dog tag barters, but what they have to do is they triple the prices. They basically just have to like cut the level they requirement a... by three. Yeah, they could do that. I think they should cut the, the dog same. tags. Yeah, that, yeah, that'd be the easiest way. Yeah. yeah. If you want to just keep it the same and not mess with it, you just have to like, you know, the ones that were level 30 before, it's now level 10. Because yeah, otherwise that... you change you change the relative ruble pricing and make all the barters useless if you triple the cost because there's no point doing it anymore. You know, like I did one of those for the MVGs because it's like nine, I think it's like nine PMC tags of like 25 or above something, yeah. I think, something along those lines. And I was like, okay, well, this is like actually, it's actually worth doing. You know, it's like that one, the RSAS one is also pretty good. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll become useless if they make them more, more expensive. Yeah. Cool. So the only other thing that I wanted to just like run through was yeah. the, the eternal question before Uh-oh. we finish up which is uh, we did talk about this a little bit like after the cast so i thought we'd do like a bit more officially which was the when wipe <laughs> when wipe we'll just leave it to the end because why not and i do feel that like after our discussion last time we kind of came to some sort of stronger conclusions about the way that things might be and the way that i would like to see it at least but like 
What, what do you think? When, when do you think the Tarkov box is going to be? When, what are we in now? Month five are we? Is this month month five, five months in? Okay, yeah, check I guess my so. Notes. I'm going to see when the actual wipe was previously, just so we we know the precise number. So this patch was... Say, so pull up Battle Buddy and assume it's oh, still Battle updated. Is a good, that's a good, uh, good idea. Now that is not right is it oh yes who is the uh oh i'm actually missing one i somehow managed to miss out the uh the patch 13 wipe on here what does battle buddy say it was like i had to find my phone oh well anyway i'm pretty sure it's five months um yeah i mean i could look at uh the youtube where it gets complicated is the roadmap. And this is why we were looking at it last time, right? So there's there's four points on the roadmap. The 13.05 technical update, which we had already with the flashlights. Then you've mm. got the transition to Unity 2021, which doesn't have a patch number associated with it. Right. Then you've got the technical update itself, which is the big one about like desync and oh, yeah, other optimization things. And then you have the content patch, which is patch 14. So we've still got three things left. We've got on this roadmap, we've got the transition to Unity 2021, the desync patch, and the content update. Now, exactly where those things go is really up for discussion, and nobody knows what's going to happen. My take, I may as well you know, put this out there, like after thinking about it a few times, going through the various options, the thing that I feel, especially given the timing, is the most sensible, whether this will be what happens or not is, you know, remains to be seen, but what I feel that would be the most sensible would be we maybe have like a week or two more of this particular wipe. We do transition to Unity 2021 in the current wipe without doing anything else because the transition itself, like all it's going to do is introduce bugs and stuff, right? We're not expecting anything crazy. It says like, you know, include support for this, reduces memory um, consumption and blah, 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 but it shouldn't change the fundamental game. And when the player base is a little bit lower and lots of people are like, you know, they're still just like doing the end game stuff and people aren't playing like quite as hardcore. It makes sense to do that then, I think, like now to try and get those bugs out of the way before you put in anything else for the technical updates because you want to know what's like Unity 2021 and what's like, you know, the desync patch or whatever because there's some huge changes coming with that patch. So I feel that would make the most sense to do that first and then maybe have like a couple of weeks or something with Unity 2021 running Try and fix as many of the bugs as you can with that. It's like the, the most major stuff. And then I honestly think, because I just can't see the content update coming soon. I just feel that a wipe with the technical update, with the desync patch, with the change in players and bots to 60, network traffic, culling, da 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 da, that would be very similar to patch 12, 12, 30. Now, I know a lot of people complained about no content in patch 12, 12, 30. They extended the Lighthouse Island and they changed the rogue behavior. And that was basically it. It was patch 12, 12 again. I almost feel like this is patch 13, could be patch 13 again. You know, 13.1 comes with a wipe, with the technical update. Maybe they bring some of the things that they finished from patch 14 or stuff that maybe is not even on the list in as content for that patch with just a few things, maybe a few, like maybe a gun or two, and like maybe something else. I don't know. They bring that in there just as like throw us a bone for the next six months. And then finally, the patch 14 content update comes in the December wipe once they have the time to work on it. That to me, Sounds the most likely, the most reasonable. It keeps the six-monthly wipe cycle and sort of fits within everything. Now, if people complain about the technical update coming without any content, 
they just go then just go cry right like the player base has been asking yeah. these guys to fix the, the the other stuff for as main priority for ages so if you care about the content then just like don't play for wipe and come back when the content patch drops but i do think it would be in some ways if the if it goes to plan and if the performance stuff comes through it means that lots of people will actually be able to play streets that weren't able to play it at all so it's almost like we do the streets wipe again and now everybody can play rather than just a subset. Lots of people just don't play streets at all and don't even know the map because they either like they try to play it in the blue screen, they try to play it and it's a slideshow. Like there's, there's still tons of people like that. So having a wipe where not much has changed, but everyone can play streets now, I don't think will be the end of the world. I really don't, especially if the technical updates come through. Yeah, that's properly. I mean honestly, the last podcast, um, I could just do a technical update patch that'd be great i mean like like i said early game is my favorite section of a segment of targov so uh getting yeah. a chance to like play streets again and like you know it be a better experience um mm-hmm. on not only just the actual map performance but the game performance as a whole audio everything networking um yeah that'd be really that'd be cool i'd be down for that yeah. the uh, it'd be good interesting thing uh, I found the I found the official patch notes posted on the twenty eighth of December. Well, on the twenty eighth of this month, June, we're gonna be six months in. Six mm. months in. So I'm just saying. On the twenty eighth of June, you say? Yeah, if I did my math right. Are so... you right? Because it was the twentieth of December. Because I just went to go and actually look it up properly. Um. Yes, indeed, indeed. So yeah, it was the yeah exactly. It was the twenty eighth of December, and, and so yeah, and so in two weeks' time, it will be six months. So I mean, I feel like July is a month to look at. I don't think anything is going to happen. Uh, I wouldn't. I mean, it's po- it's always possible, but I don't really think a June wipe is going to happen. Probably like mid July would be my guess, but eat. Because there's kind of the alternate theory where they don't wipe and they just put out this technical update and then we get a wipe like some obscure time in the, you know, end of this year, whether it's like around Christmas or, you know, in the fall, October, something like this. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's an actual reality. Like if that's, I don't know. I mean, I just, I can't really see them doing that because they tend to really pile on, like, it seems like the winter season's a big deal for them because, they yeah. can, you know, they run sales, they do Twitch drops, they usually have the front, like, the major stuff on the winters, like, typically, um, like, Patch 12 was in the winter season, um, which is a pretty big deal gameplay-wise. Uh, and I guess yeah, thirteen was. Um, I guess Lighthouse came out. I think it came out in the mid middle. I I can't remember, dude. There's too many updates, man. So I know. I just can't imagine them mess like intentionally want to mess up the schedule. Maybe that's how things end up playing out because of you know delays and whatnot. We'll see. But I would say July is kind of where my money's at. Yeah, I think when when asked, I'm just like. I'm just like, 13th of July, that's my take. Yeah. That's the date. That's the date. <laughs> Source, I made it up. 
you know <laughs> it's a thursday it's a, a funny number yeah so yeah, that would give like us a month date. from now but yeah we've had like seven month stuff before like if you look back to mm-hmm. I've, I've now got got the list back up so it was like 12.6 was like seven months long 12.9 was seven months long 12, 11 was six months long. 12, 12 was only five and a half months. And then 12, 12, 30 was six and a half months. One after that, like this. Well, yeah, so, sorry. 12, 12, 30 was six months exactly. I think I may have like skipped the versions ahead. But yeah, so like historically, the only ones that have been shorter was 12, 11, I think, with five and a half months. And then all the others were very slightly longer. We've like slowly crept from October, May, December, June, and then it's just been December, June for the last like two or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, it's, this may this may just be because I did it really simply and did it divided by thirty or something. But anyway, it's yeah. I seem seem see. It would seem weird if they just changed the six months thing like randomly now. But like it's plausible that they just add all this stuff. They add Unity. They do the technical update and they wipe like. September or November or something with the content once they're finished, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I just I just feel like it would make more sense to do one of those technical wipes where people get to like kind of replay the game again with all of this stuff without because it just seems it would seem like a bit I don't know. It seemed a bit odd to like leave it so long. Like the content might overrun. It might end up being like a full year without wiping. Like at that point, yeah, we're gonna be sort of you know in in the. In the barren wasteland, just like crawling along, skeletonized, just <laughs> like with yeah, nothing. I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's possible. I mean, I, I mean, there's really kind of the only downside really is that you're upsetting the fans, I guess. Um, yeah, that's really the only downside I could see from BSG's perspective, right? That's it, really. Um, but it's also like where, why not? You know, because did they, did they typically do twitch drops in the in the mid? Like I, yeah. I know for yeah, sure. It was Christmas. I, I don't think they did in the middle one. Have they in the past though? I'm not sure. It's honestly not say. sure. I just don't think it would be one of those wipes if they did it that it would be like, oh, we we want to hype up. Like I just don't think it would be like that. Mm. I feel like it would be one of those ones where it's like we're gonna wipe because people are bored and they want it and they want to play stuff and like maybe yeah now we people get to play streets for the first time because they can actually play this time. But really, it's a bug fixing patch well. and you know you go through from the start and like fix it again. Remains to be seen because we might be getting expansion, so it might have added on to the technical debt. Maybe. I mean, if everything that they say is true, then it should right. help even with the expansion. So we'll see. Guys, we we'll fixed see. the first portion of the map. Now we're going to add this new portion that isn't completely optimized yet. But don't worry. In the next update, we'll fix that and add the third and final portion that is also not. Oh, no. Yeah, we'll see. Ah. <sighs> Well, so I guess like the so the next one of this next gap talk we're gonna record. This will probably yeah, will probably just like be released tomorrow or something. We'll record next Friday with whatever's happened. So we're gonna have another week and a half, a uh, little jump before what happens next, and then that will come out like the Monday as normal. We're gonna then presumably run regular service until probably August when like we get hit with some more holiday stuff. But um, that's the plan. That's the plan. So your your regular programming will resume its its weekly schedule from next week. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just gonna have to see what happens in Tarkov Land. Maybe we'll get a new chronicles. 
maybe we'll get a surprise wife. Who knows? Not sure. Yeah. Not sure. We we will see. All right. Well, I think we're going to close it there. As always, thank you everyone for tuning in. And with that, we will catch you next next week. Bye bye.